Ah, greetings, B-movie aficionados. Hello, welcome to A Couple of Flicks. I'm Tristan. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Today we are going to be talking about three Ray Liotta films, I guess in honor of his passing. So, Yep. yep. It's been a while now, but yeah. 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 I figure like, because like when you look at his filmography after Goodfellas, it kind of gets quite messy. So. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we're giving his, his some of his films a, a try, and uh, I have I hadn't seen any of these, so. Yeah, I was wondering if I saw Dumbo drop when I was a kid or whatever. I definitely yeah. had. Yeah. I don't remember if I had or not. I I think I might have, but. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... I think I saw the cover of it, that one like at the store and I was like, oh, it's a war movie, like, boo, you know, but I didn't realize it was a kid's movie, so it was like, oh. Okay. Kids yeah. movie. Yeah, quote unquote <laughs> kids movie. But before we jump into the Ray Liotta pictures, um, have, have I either you watched anything recently that you want to talk about? I just watched The, the Northman today. Yeah. Ooh, what did you think of that? that? It was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Robert Eggers is pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I um, I didn't like this one. I didn't like The Northman as much as I liked his other two movies, but I still liked it. So. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'd put it. I think I'd put it second. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where. I think. I think. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know which one I like more like i don't know if i like the lighthouse or the witch more but this one i don't like as much as those two but i still really liked it so um the one thing that kind of bothered me about it was like the um i thought the fight scenes looked kind of weird like yeah kind of i mean it sort of was like more like they were kind of dancing a little bit because it was sort of slow and it was like but it wasn't really slowed necessarily because of what they were doing. It was more kind of, I don't know. It was it was just weird the way it looked. Like it looked intentional, but I, I kind of would have preferred if it was had been more like a little like more Valhalla stylized. Style. Yeah, yeah, or or like Valhalla Rising style, where it's like really savage and like kind of indirect and like gnarly, you know. And instead, it was kind of more kind of swift and i don't know yeah. it was just weird it didn't feel like they, like the fight scenes had any weight to them like the ending fight scene like it looked cool but like that's kind of it i don't know it was interesting yeah i wonder if he was trying to go more authentic or something maybe i think he it's was like... i read or i saw the red the red letter media they did like their mid-year reviews and that was on it yeah. I think they said oh. that it was a lot of the fight scenes were like done in long takes. Yeah. So, so they ah. did have a bit more choreography to them that would have makes sense yeah. in that case. I meant to go back and watch that. I stopped because I wanted to watch the movie first. Yeah, I, I skipped it. They, they had a spoiler section that I skipped off yeah. over that. 
I haven't um I haven't I haven't watched it but I yeah I am kind of curious as to what they'd have to say about it I it was it, it was yeah okay that's good yeah I liked it too it was very like you know it was Robert Eggers doing his his whole like um yeah symmetrical minimal type of thing yeah they um, said it's his most mainstream accessible one he's done but still very weird <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There there was a lot of like synchronicity and his usual type of stuff that he does in his other movies, like he does in this one as well. You know, that's always really cool and fun. So um but it was just weird to see the fight scenes done that way. Like I guess maybe that's my issues. When the fight scenes are stylized, it just kind of throws me off a bit. Like I, I don't know. Maybe that's just not what I'm used to with my Viking movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were moments where the the characters were basically like practically trying to dual wield, which that always like annoys me because that's just not a smart thing to do when you're fighting because <laughs> it throws off your balance. And I just, uh, you know, like I don't mind it if it's in a video game or like a dumb action movie, but when it's in something like this, it's just kind of like, eh. But I get it was also trying to be like a legend, like it was like the legend the Hamlet was sort of based on. So it was, I guess it was trying to be mm-hmm. more like, like a, like a, le- like a myth, mythological, like legend type of thing. So I guess in that regard, it was really cool, you know, like you can still kind of imagine everybody just tripping out, tripping balls on the battlefield and just imagining seeing Odin and Willem Dafoe giggling like a, like a squirrel. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Great cast. Oh yeah, yeah. Gotta catch it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's a lot of fun. <coughs> um, I can't even think of what I've re- watched recently. Like, I've seen like in a weird, random assortment of things. Um. I recently rewatched uh, Ted. Like, just I don't know. I, I, was, I was bored. I was like, Seth eh. MacFarlane one thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just kind of curious as to how that one would go, and I was like, mm. it, it was, <laughs> there was some parts that still kind of made me laugh, but like, I think I still like Giovanni Ribisi the most out of everything yeah. in that movie. Like, he's what made me laugh the most, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the novelty is kind of worn off for me. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that one in years. Yeah, it's like it's kind of a cute little, charming, goofy little dumb movie, but that's kind of it. You know, it's just, I just like Giovanni Ribisi's like weird striptease thing that he does. Like, that's just my favorite thing about that whole movie. I think when he's dancing in front of the television or whatever. Is he like <laughs> sipping on a juice box or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff made me laugh a lot. Oh my god. Anyway. Um but oh I watched uh, Hustle, <clears throat> the um that new Adam Sandler movie, you know. Um I think it's called Hustle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. Um, I, and I really enjoyed that one too. Um, that one was actually really cool. Like I, I would actually probably rewatch that one. Hmm. So 
Um, I watched it just this morning, so. Oh. Um, yeah, and yeah, I like the director. I've liked everything he's done uh, so far that I've watched. So. Yeah. Anyway, what about you, Nick? You watched anything? Nice. Um, I watched hmm, recently. Not real. I saw Midsummer a little hmm. while back. I guess hmm. enjoyed what that. Was, yeah, you liked it. Yeah, it was fine. Cool. Um, shit. What was the other one that I? Oh, uh, uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. I saw. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that one like? Did you? Did either of you guys see it yet, or? Not yet. It was okay. <laughs> I'd say keep your expectations lower than. Yeah. It felt. It, it definitely felt like it was filmed during COVID for sure. Yeah. Like a lot of the dialogue was weird to watch because it was like just hard cut. It seems like you know, there was a lot of definitely like, you know, over the head shots where they were oddly as stand ins. Yeah. And like there was just this one really weird seat because uh, what's her name? Tiffany Haddish, I think, is in it. And they were Cage and him were uh, Cage and her were talking on a just on a bench. And it was like they were not even in the same scene, basically. So and like most of the scenes were with just a handful of people, so I'm pretty yeah. sure it was almost all done during like COVID stuff. And yeah, it would, I think it would have been f- more fun if it wasn't. You know? Yeah, I, I think even Nicholas Cage himself said he wasn't going to watch it or something like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it is more straightforward than what I was hoping, but yeah, it was good. It was fun. Had a bunch of nods to all his classics. So that was the yeah. enjoyable part. Did we get a high fucking yeah? I don't know <laughs> if we got a high fucking yeah. I don't think so. Well, we got but, one in the prisoner of whatever, prisoner of apocalypse or whatever it was called. Prisoners of the Ghostland, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. the Ghostland prisoners. I'm per- yeah. I know we got a callback to that. What was that movie? Deadfall with yeah. the high fucking yeah? yeah. I, they did at least I call that movie know. back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nice. I don't think you got that in you. <laughs> yeah, I probably watch that one at some point. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine know, if you go in with low expectations and just because it is pretty straightforward and not bad. Yeah, but it's not like crazy cage coolness. Yeah, I I mostly only watch it out of curiosity. I think not necessarily because I'm all that like. I don't know. I don't necessarily. I mean, too much cage does exist, as we all know. (laughs) Oh, I did watch uh, that weird animated movie that came out recently, Mad God. So I've heard that was pretty good. Yeah, it was. It was definitely. It was wicked. It was okay. It was very obtuse. I would use that word to describe it because I I couldn't follow the plot really. Like there was way too much going on. And it was really visceral and like the sound design was really intense and and like I could see why he why it took him 30 years to make it because like it's pretty like all over the place animation wise. Uh, but it was it was it was interesting to watch. I mean I, I would probably watch it again, but it, at some point, but it was like it was just a lot going on at once and it was hard. It was really, really hard to follow. And it, there was so much death, like 
it was just people like everything just getting killed all over the place in nasty horrible ways and it was like i don't know sensory overload and i don't know it's a lot of stop motion apparently phil tidbit or tibbit tibbit went i think he had to be like institutionalized or something for a year at one point like (laughs) i think he had you know a lot of things he was trying to say with it (laughs) like it's very political like it was trying to say something about how like everybody is a monster or or like no matter like who you find or something they're gonna betray you or or something because like i noticed a reoccurring thing where the main character would encounter like either a group of something or one something character or characters who like appeared to be really like trying to be out for their well-being but then would suddenly like turn around and end up being like just as bad as the shit they were dealing with before if not worse like that happened a lot in this movie so i think it was trying to say something kind of political but i couldn't follow it like I, it was just went over my head <laughs> Damn. that's my review sounds that. intense oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it, it is intense yeah <laughs> okay it's on shutter so if you want to watch know. it they've been putting out some pretty wild stuff lately so. oh actually one more I did do I'll say that I did do extra work on a movie this week hmm. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, it's called Challengers. It's going to be called like the IMDb's up. It's by the guy that did uh, Call Me Say Call Me By Your Name with Timothy Chalamet or whatever. Yeah. 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 So it's like a tennis movie and Zendaya's in it. So I, I saw her walking around. I like in one of the scenes, I'm literally like that few inches just dancing with, next to her. <laughs> it was That's cool. Wild. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Wow. Right. Move over, Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of the way. <laughs> Step aside. Right. <laughs> She's tall, too. That's what I did not expect that. She's actually pretty tall. That's cool. Oh, man. I, I can't wait for the second Dune. You know? I don't mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to come out whenever, but still, I'm looking forward to it. So. Oh, yeah. Both parts. Mm-hmm. Right, there's yeah. two more. Yep. I think they're gonna have to make a third one afterward. Yeah, I don't think they'll be able to cover everything in the second one. Like it would, it would just be too much. Like honestly. So anyway, I'll, enough about Dune. <laughs> 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 All right, let's talk about some Ray Liotta uh, pictures. Um, okay. Yeah. So I think the first film we're talking about is the one that that you chose, Nick. Okay, yep. <clears throat> so my choice uh, was Unforgettable. Ooh. I don't know, 96? Yeah. Yeah, 96. 96. Yeah. Um, a crime mystery thriller with a bit of sci-fi in it. Yeah. I'd yeah, say. It was a it was a pretty neat little had a little neat little twist in the middle like the core of the film. So. Yeah. So what it basically is is uh, Ray Liotta. He's playing uh, 
a CSI guy, I think. It's basically what I don't think he's an actual cop. He is a doctor. Uh, but yeah, he's playing, you know, your Gil Grissom, I, I believe, of CSI, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, he, and, was, he seems to be involved in the investigative process, at least. Like in the opening credits, they kind of show like crime scene photos and stuff. Yeah, so I don't know when CSI came out, but I think this probably predates that. So I think so, yeah. They were ahead of that craze, ahead of the time. (laughs) There's that smoke machine, too. And then, like, the first because the first crime scene's at a bank robbery, and they just said, Bring in the smoke machine. And I (laughs) was like, Does this exist? What's the point of this? I don't know if this is a real thing. I don't think it is, to be honest. I, yeah, I'm not sure. That was hard to explain. It's just like a black light. Yeah, <laughs> it was just black lit and everything. But yeah, um, it was cool to look at, though. Like, yeah, I mean, it was dorky, and I'd seen it before, <laughs> but I still, I always like, I always get a kick out of that. Like, it always remind. It's kind. It, it like brings back like a comforting feeling. Like. Ah, this is my decade. Here we go. All right. <laughs> blacklight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whenever I see Blacklight now, all I think of is uh, that, uh, especially with crime movies and shit, uh, the super bad conversation in the car with <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rogen and Bill Hader. It's like, yeah, you think everything's just going to be covered in sperm, but no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. But it basically opens on a bank robbery where there is black light and everything is covered in sperm. (laughs) Not really, but uh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Ray Liotta. (laughs) Potentially. We we don't know. We don't know what that stuff was. Yeah. (laughs) So Ray Liotta shows up doing his job and he notices a little match box, match book, I guess. Yeah. That he he recognizes from another uh crime scene that i mean we learn i don't know 10 minutes from now but basically backstory yeah it starts to set up his backstory from that it is the crime scene of his wife's murder um and so you know they start he starts going to investigate that type of stuff uh but before that, he goes to, I don't know, he's dating some girl now, or she's only in it for a scene, but basically a reason to go to some medical convention thing. Yeah. To watch, to watch this girl. Shoot, I forget the actress's name, but. Well, like Linda, Flor- Linda yeah. Fiorentino. Yes, her. Yeah, who I, you know, I always actually really enjoy seeing her in movies. Like, yeah, she's I do in too. One of my, yeah. She she's in one of my favorite movies of all time, um, The Last Seduction. Like she's she's the main character in that, which is actually by the same director as this. As this? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just keep kept reminding me of uh, her and Dogma. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I remember her in that one. Yeah. <laughs> she, I, she just brings the perfect like deadpan, dry, like dryness. Yeah, I remember her being funny in something I saw, so it must have been Dogma. So yeah, there was also Men in Black. Like, oh, oh that's yeah. actually probably the bigger one that I remember yeah. from then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think Men in Black is probably her biggest movie. Okay, yeah, 
I was trying to I was trying to pin her down throughout the whole movie. I couldn't figure it out. Okay, but now I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she plays the doctor as well, doing some like memory research type stuff to basically transfer memory. Yeah. Uh, from one thing to another. She's just working on rats right now. Uh and Leota's encapsulated or, you know, enthralled by her demonstrator or talk, but he has, you know, motives behind it. Uh, he basically, like, after after she's all done, she kind of, he, like, corners her, basically, and says, can I come swing by tomorrow, 9 a.m.? Like, very forward. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, but he makes it happen. Yeah. And so it's they she it's basically uh you take the she explains you take uh i don't know this what was it c uh, csf cerebral spine fluid yes so her the theory is that you know all your memories are stored in your cerebral spine fluid <laughs> and they use just the term cff csf a lot um yeah. So you take that out, mix it in with some drugs, and inject it, and then you'll see the you'll see memories of whoever's spinal fluid you took. Right. And she she demonstrates it with you know lab rats and shit like that. And I guess there needs to be an external stimuli as well, uh, which was a cat that was chasing them in the lab rat experiment. Yeah. Um, but. Oh, <clears throat> and oh, that's right. And at, at that party, too, people were. It's it's brought up that Leota maybe killed his wife as well. He's yeah, and, and she goes does some research. He's a kind. Of, she finds out he's been a drunk and whatnot, you know, throughout his life. But so she's a little sketchy at bringing him into the office, but. And for good reason, because he comes back later and steals everything. <laughs> and might I might I just quickly say that this isn't the last movie that we're going to be watching tonight where two women talk behind Ray Liotta's back about how he had allegedly killed somebody. Yeah, so. <laughs> that was funny to see. Yeah, yeah, I laughed my ass off at that. I was like, oh my god, here we go. I laughed harder at the other one and just because yeah, it was... Me- so blatant but yeah we'll, we'll get yeah. to it and i i have something to say on that one too it's just yeah funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it but yes yeah, so she he he steals all this shit the the drugs he goes into the coroner's office steals his wife's because apparently i guess that's what they do autopsy yeah. people and if you're murdered they'll they'll take a vial of your csf now yeah, it's as simple as that. Just, just you know, they keep it for however long. <laughs> yeah, forever, I guess. Yeah. I guess just locked up in a refrigerated evidence room. <laughs> so weird. Like I was confused at first because it looked like just a regular evidence room he was walking into, and he was going through the vials to pick it up. I was like, hmm, this seems like it might want to be refrigerated. But as he was leaving, the guy said, "Ooh, you want a coat? It's cold in here." So I was like, "Oh, okay." Line of dialogue covered that up. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, whatever. Yeah, but uh, so we got we got the drugs and the CSF. 
he goes back to <laughs> so he's balling too because i was confused at first that like how what he's living in or so the place where she was murdered seems to be just like a big ass garage with the top floor on top of it that has yeah. like i don't know like maybe some type of guest house or something but also below is definitely a garage yeah because he because he's still living in the big house next to it but yeah that place where he goes is still like see a side off taped and pictured and i think even a, the chalk outline is still there and shit uh so yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. pretty traditional with its with its like overall like neo-noir style you know mm-hmm. which is actually kind of why i loved it <laughs> like because it was like I was almost like a little checklist of like what they got to do yeah yeah, disgruntled situation but it was kind of it was more fun because it was Ray Liotta and he had like a backstory like he wasn't just a crime scene investigator he also was notorious for something else that he may or may not have done you know but that's what drives him crazy like that's what you know keeps him going is his own sort of personal circumstances because it's it's become personal you know mm-hmm. I, I love those kinds of stories so <laughs> yeah it's cute <laughs> yeah it always uh, makes me happy <laughs> <laughs> so okay yeah he shoots up he, he shoots up his wife his dead wife's spinal fluid <laughs> <laughs> and it works works yeah he starts tripping out seeing him get attacked mm. um yeah and like he's even like it's like kind of you know doing pantomiming of her him being attacked and yeah he's oh, like she's... reacting to her <laughs> yeah. and she's like she's... reenacting her attack <laughs> yeah and she's like getting strangled at the end and he's like yeah. you know on the ground not getting strangled but not breathing and shit choking out yeah. and stuff yeah Ray Liotta going oh oh, oh. Yeah. <clears throat> um let's yeah, but he doesn't really, ultimately he doesn't see anything really. Um, yeah. He sees he sees the guy leave and then, I mean, it comes back later is that poker, fireplace poker thing drop off later, which I guess is, it, it is important, but at the time you're just saying, oh, that's just what he used to kill her. But no, it's more yeah. important. Yeah. Um, One thing that it bothered me that it wasn't like from her perspective. Yeah. Memories. It's like yeah, you should have seen everything, but through her eyes, yeah. yeah right but okay, <laughs> I'll go with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that kind of annoyed me too. I was like, "Come on, yeah, yeah." Just... It would have been fun at least, but I bet they just didn't know how to do it. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. they were probably like, "No, we gotta show the whole thing." You know, yeah. The audience won't get it or something. I mean, sometimes they say when you trip out, like on ayahuasca or whatever, you have the out-of-body experiences and shit. That's but, true. Yeah. You know. Although Ray Liotta wasn't shitting and puking. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, that re- ultimately, it doesn't come up with anything because he, he didn't, she didn't see the attacker. Right. Um, it's, it's a silent kill. He's like, oh. Yep. So he goes back to like I guess the robberies. He uh, the the robbery that was in the beginning of the film that started everything off. 
yeah. sneaks in and takes some of their CFF. One of the girls <laughs> that was there takes her CSF <laughs> and yeah, shoots up again. <laughs> so he's just he's like just jamming that shit in his veins. Yeah, really it kind of goes a little nuts in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, all right, calm down, dude. Like no. And one of the effects too is apparently like will fuck your heart up with all the drugs and stuff. So that's a, a ticking time bomb of the movie. Yeah, the the more he shoots up CFF, the more he ends up like screw like screwing up his own health and his heart. Yep, increases and, his risk of a heart attack. Yep, and then we see him go into the like he he bribes the evidence dude to get that uh get into the robbery evidence lock up to get that csf yeah uh, <laughs> um <coughs> yeah and it and actually then, unfolds in an interesting way later on in my opinion but we'll get to that mm-hmm. so how does he even oh he so he yeah he just goes back to the i mean i guess you can just if you're a CSI guy, you can walk right back into the crime scene because you need to, because they said in the beginning you do need to have a visual or some type of stimuli to remind you of, uh, to set off the reminder like ignition. I don't, I forget what the word they use. So he goes back to the the robbery, the drugstore, and uh, shoots up there. This time he's in, he's like just some random innocent bystander girl. She sees, she does see who it is in his face and everything. And I thought yeah. this was interesting too. Uh, that afterwards he goes back to like a, a sketch artist, like a police sketch artist. And then he's like, no, no, it's, it's all, this is all wrong. I mean, he, you know, redoes the eyes. And he's yeah. like, and the sketch artist was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know you could draw. And he was yeah. like, Oh shit! I didn't either. <laughs> and he and he real and he like he mumbles under his breath that the girl he took the 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 fluid from was a, an art major at a local college or something. But they never cool. touch on that again. Like yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. that, what a waste! Yeah, they should have. But definitely wasted opportunity. <laughs> I just don't understand why they like. I don't understand why they introduced that subject or that idea without following through and trying to do something right. like do something with it like right. you could have cool. just left it uh, they could have just left it at this the sketch artist doing his thing and said yep that's him yeah it's like he could be gaining <laughs> the abilities of the psychopath you know? he could yeah. be gaining his wife's um you know whatever his her welding skills or something <laughs> like that <laughs> <clears throat> um Okay. Oh yeah. So draw. Yep. Gets drawing skills. Um, and then the doctor lady. I think her name was Martha. Yeah. Uh, she comes back and confronts him because she noticed a vial of her. Her shit's gone, and she. He's yeah. the only one that was uh, ever had access or even knew it really existed because there was a bunch of trials that had to be done and he he when he was there he literally said let me try it <laughs> she's like no we, we can't it's illegal and might kill you mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> so she i don't know just confronts him tells him to stop or she'll call the cops and he says no but she doesn't 
So she, <laughs> she she just agrees to follow him around to monitor him, I guess. So it's would be her technical first human trial or some shit. Yeah. I think oh, is well, the it reason. Eventually, it eventually gets her into a little bit of trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a wee bit. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, she they do find out uh, she, uh, that he has taken extensive heart damage. Um, uh, but they find the robber, the police people, with the his now awesome sketch he made. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he, they go to, and he basically start to chase. He, you know, locates where he's living at. Um, yeah. You start to chase with him, like gripping his side the whole time, uh, out of breath and shit. Yeah. It ends up in a. The church. Yeah. Oh, well, right. but before that happens, so Linda Fiorentino accidentally like rear ends somebody. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that guy made me laugh so much. Yeah, he was so <laughs> pissed. And then as soon as like sirens started wailing, he was like, Oh fuck, I'm out of here. Yeah. You are so lucky, lady. <laughs> right. <laughs> like he is obviously a bad dude. Yeah. And I also love how when Ray Leona went to go find the guy. Like he just kind of peeked at him in the hallway. Oh, what was that? Like, um, what was it? Oh yeah, he like peeks at him like in the doorway. I, I, okay, I remember now. Yeah, like he peeks at him in the in the hallway, like kind of in the apartment, and he's like, "What are you looking at me for?" You know, and like he. Oh like, yeah, it's the elevator with him. It's yeah, he was in the elevator. Yeah, yeah, that he was, was it. he was yeah. about to get on, and the elevator opens up, and he's like, "Oh shit." Because the drugs start giving him flashbacks, too. Yeah. I was trying to remember, like, when that happened. But, yeah, that that made me laugh. <laughs> like, yeah. And then he kept following him. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, they wind up in a church. Yeah, right. he takes, takes a boy hostage. Um, yeah. Puts a knife to his throat and says, stop getting near me. <laughs> Why is no one listening to me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put your guns down. <laughs> uh, and it ends up, of course, the robber gets shot and killed. Yeah. Uh, Ray Liotta's like, no, no. He's so pissed <laughs> yeah. because they potentially killed his own, his only lead, or yeah. his only, the only suspect. But that doesn't yeah. stop him, obviously. Yeah, we would still have to find out. We're only like halfway through the movie. Come on. There's yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so after the aftermath of that, all that is is Ray Liotta basically gets fired because he was going off book from from like for following that dude and all that stuff, getting a kid in danger and all that stuff. Yeah, he gets him fired. Is- yeah, Ray, Ray Liotta, you know, he that's an outright expulsion. You know, you fucked up mm-hmm. in a number of different ways, so get the hell out. He's also act, act, acting erratically now, thanks to the, yeah. the drugs and shit. And he's, he progressively starts looking worse. He's, like, just looking all sweaty and paler throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Ray Liotta, he already looks sweaty and pale. Didn't <laughs> so you can imagine, like... Yeah. <laughs> This is him in like like double the. This is uh, Ray Liotta squared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's this 
No, no, I guess the corner, he goes, it doesn't stop him at all, really, if getting fired. He wouldn't have even noticed. It could have been just, you could have even cut that bit out, really. He wouldn't have even noticed because he still does shit and the cops kind of treat him still like he's yeah. employed. Yeah, that was uh, kind of like, all right. I mean, again, well, there's parking space and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Um, he goes, he has a buddy that's the main corner, I guess. Um, yeah. He's, I remember him from The Mist. That's yeah. just because it's like my favorite movie ever. And I just know it's, <laughs> he's, he's the guy that says, there's something in The Mist. He's the old dude in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Mist is such a classy movie, the more I think about it. I love uh, it. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm. <clears throat> But he's yeah he's the main corner he uh, and he's doing the autopsy of the robber dude and yeah. Ray Liotta scumbags it tells him oh some your boss is calling you and there's a little interaction like no you called me no I called you you know that kind of thing but yeah while he's like the, the one his one assistant to go look like replace his razor blade and she just bumbles around in the closet conveniently right yeah and like one funny because it yeah again the drug makes you trip out like when he's looking at it to he's preparing an injection he looks at the body and then it like gets up and the body like gets up and like shoots him and he like yeah. falls back into shit and that lady like hears it stops for like 10 seconds and then goes oh, yeah. must have been nothing and then yeah she just goes back off. yeah so dumb yeah i laughed oh <clears throat> but, and, also, and then i think her boss even says something afterward like wait a minute you still haven't replaced my blade or right like yeah yeah so uh leota makes it out with the fluid yeah. and he returns from that uh fake phone call and then she returns at the same time He's like wait you're just getting back with the saw blade now why is it already replaced which is yeah, that's at least they addressed it there <laughs> yeah i appreciated that it's like okay thank you movie so he takes the robber's blood or fucking fluid whatever <laughs> yeah. shoots up again back at his house He's um, like, oh, like starts tripping out and having flashbacks to the guy you know doing like I, I, he, the guy does seem to have an altercation with the guy with his wife but it's not like outright murder but it does seem to be like well yeah he was hmm i mean i guess it's yeah, well yeah he was there definitely for reasons that we learn later that he, yeah. was, hi he was hiding in the um uh fucking the closet of the lady and uh so he goes to kill her but we find out that he left before. Hmm, how does how do you? Hmm. He left, of course. But we do uh, corroborate at least. I guess that's what the whole point of this trip was to corroborate that the robber was the guy that strangled her. Yeah. But I don't know how they put it together that he wasn't the one that actually killed her. I think because she was like, I don't know, she was still conscious or something like that, or I don't know. It was like, yeah, well, either yeah, something, something happened. Like she, like, I, I don't know. There was there was something that happened in the midst of him strangling her. 
Because there was like, a lot that happened at that. Uh, the... Yeah, that's the thing. Like a bunch of stuff happened to her, but the guy who strangled her didn't end up being the one who killed her. He like in the midst. Of oh, it's because her, something happened. Yeah, it's because uh, somebody showed up. So he like yeah. kind of bound. He dipped out early. That was that's, it. That's the real killer happened. showed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Linda Fear, and and of course, you know that that gives Ray Liotta the excuse of reenacting. Um, his wife's strangulation with Linda Fiorentino. Yeah, yeah, because he's tripping think, out as the as the guy strangling her, and so that was fucking yeah, dumb. So but like, okay, all right, you know, you gotta have that in there, you know. And then of course she gets up and still wants to go help him, even though he just tried to strangle her. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. All right, awesome. Yeah, here we go. This is classy. Yeah, literally trying like she was like. <laughs> on the ground picking up some pills to try and shove down his throat after she yeah. just got strangled by him <laughs> yeah which was pretty noble of her i guess it makes sense because she's the one who kind of introduced him to the whole idea of tripping out on people's memories <laughs> <laughs> yeah she knows what's happening to him yeah she gets it she's like i've been i've been down your path before mister or she, yeah. doesn't she have a line like that i don't remember like i don't think so or I mean I don't I don't remember I, it at least. I, don't know. I, I remember she she inferred she said something like I know what that's like or something. I, I don't know. It was something dumb. Anyway, there was a lot of dumb stuff going on in this movie, but I didn't really mind any of it. So. Yeah. It's also at this point where we learned that he was there, like Ray Liotta was there the whole time too. He was just yeah. passed out drunk in the driveway, apparently. Yeah, like, literally somewhere in the garden. Like, so for like the this, this, this strangulation and then the real murder, too. He was there for yeah. both of them, just passed out in the bushes yeah. drunk. Yeah. Oh, and he's got two daughters, too, who he, he yep. like occasionally sort of sees here and there. But yeah, in the beginning, yeah. I wasn't sure why they were. Uh, it was not full custody of. Because it, it is definitely uh stated not stated but shown that he doesn't have full custody just like weekend right. or whatever but then we learned throughout that yeah he's a drunk and also accused of also a suspect in the murder and like yeah her which is why he's so yeah. obsessed with finding his wife's murderer basically nope. and their like guardians the her sister and everything so she yeah. thinks he did it too because he confronts yeah. her because he's trying to get some info from Okay, so this uh, well, just, we'll just get into the end of the movie now. Is um, basically there's another guy that comes in. Um, they somehow find out that she's uh, his wife was pregnant. Um, because this all happened, I think, actually, uh, when Leota was passed out and stuff. Because he yeah. comes to and sees that uh, uh, she's taking the paternity test. Uh, of the like, because of the baby that was, yeah, wasn't born yet. Um, and oh, it was yeah. negative, so it wasn't Leota's kid. So that gives sus another suspect out there. Gives him yeah. reason to keep looking. Um, and so she he confronts his. Would it be uh, sister-in-law? Right, I think that's who that lady was who was taking care yeah. of the kids yeah confronts her she just basically says yeah i think you did it but there was another cop that she was seeing so i don't know his name or anything um 
she basically just doesn't believe that a cop could ever be a suspect, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I, I, which, yeah, I guess, you know, whatever. I mean, I think it all sort of comes together in an effective way because the way he actually finds it out is kind of interesting. I mean, that was actually kind of the, I, I mean, I sort of saw the ending coming, but I liked how they did it. Like, because yeah. I liked it that Linda Fiorentino was like, here, I will inject the fluid. You don't have to because you, you're getting messed up and it could kill you. More of this stuff and you're going to have a heart attack. And so then he already did have a heart attack even. That was, he did. This... But in the process of, of her like getting all prepped to do that, he so, he ends up basically tying her up or taping her to a chair or something like that and injecting it himself, which it's like it's like that old school plot of, you know, how far would you go to find your wife's killer or how far would you go to find out what happened to somebody type of thing that I mean, that's the plot of my favorite movie, The Vanishing. You know, how far will you go to find out what happened to your wife or your girlfriend or whatever? I I just love those kinds of plots. So even though it was kind of dumb of Ray Liotta to tape yeah, and, she even, and then eject himself and have a heart attack in front of her, it was right. still funny. Like that she even that. yelled out, "What about your kids?" And he was just—he didn't even fucking care. He was like, "I'm doing yeah. it." Yeah, I'm doing it. My I'm kids. Good. I gotta find out. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> uh, who was that? Who is CFS? Was that? Oh, okay. So right, that was. So we get that it was a cop. Oh, and there was actually like a lot of tripping scenes when he was in the hospital bed of him yeah. in the, with the robber's blood. He was like yeah. basically saw the whole robber's life from like a kid being beaten by his parents and then yeah. murdering dogs and shit like yeah. that it was like Basically, wild he experienced the robbers like childhood abuse and like basically just like felt everything that that guy felt you know which messed him up mentally so yep so one of so after when he's in the hospital one of the his uh i don't know cop co-worker one of the detectives comes in who i thought because at this point, I thought it was going to be him because he plays just a douchey type cop, but he was totally a red herring. Yeah. Shooter McGavin. Yep, yep, him. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated Shooter McGavin showing up in this movie. Yeah, I love him too. It's funny yeah. shit. <clears throat> yeah, I always laugh when I see him in a movie. And he was like, I I don't like being wrong, but I, I hope you prove me wrong when he like leaves and <laughs> He tell he so he basically tells them that the cop that his wife was seeing uh, conveniently shot himself on the day of her murder, but he's not dead. He's in a coma. Um, mm. So he goes and steals he steals more <laughs> fluid. Leo just goes steals more <laughs> fluid out of a conscious guy this time. Yeah. <laughs> And he, the, the guy even turns around and goes, oh, and looks at him all like, he's like, what are you doing to me? I don't remember that. I remember it was just like, like him looking like that, but yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> he just looked confused. Like, yeah. he, like His for eyes somebody whose spinal fluid, fluid is getting drained, he looks surprisingly calm. Like, 
Well, he was in a coma, technically. That's so. true. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, so that's where he goes. Yeah, he goes to shoot up one last time at his house. Was yeah, it at his house this time? Something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yes, it was because that's when he tapes up Linda and yeah, and she says she starts the recorder, so you yeah. know that's gonna come into play. Uh, yeah, he's basically tripping out for a good like ten to fifteen minutes of exposition. <laughs> yeah, where we basically learn what actually happened. Uh, yeah, it's a surprisingly complicated plot. Actually. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's like a whole assortment <laughs> of stuff that. Yeah, there's a layer they could have cut out because it's yeah. Because the the cop that was sleeping with her or his wife was actually a good innocent dude. He, yeah. um, but got wrangled in with a bad cop, which was the cop we see him a bunch, like his boss or whatever or something. I don't know if yeah. it was actually his boss, but some type yeah. of higher up. At and first, he seems like cop. a by the numbers kind of guy, but mm-hmm. it turns out uh, oh. he's not that way. Yeah. Got duped. That's mm-hmm. the mystery. <laughs> yep. So he he basically forces this guy into being a bad cop as well, and then yeah. holds it over him that he's cheating on Leota's wife. Yeah. And then I don't know why they had to kill her. I forget what the whole reason. Yeah, why she had I, that to... was the one part I didn't understand. <laughs> why did they kill her? <laughs> Doesn't oh, was just it make things more complicated for them? Like, yeah, because she wasn't. She was a DA, right? Because I think she yeah. was prosecuted. So that must have been what it was. She was prosecuting some case that he didn't want prosecuted or something. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Well, which it's like, okay. But it would still look mad sus if DA gets killed in this specific case yeah. that someone's doing. So, yeah. That's but, true. Yeah. So he sends the robber dude because they he's one of their criminal informants right in quotes uh to go kill her yeah he doesn't he no he doesn't he uh and then so I, so he i'm so confused too because he shows up at his house too um yeah. and notices she's not dead yeah and then just whacks oh. her wasn't there like a part where the lab got blown up too. Oh yeah, yeah. That, this is <laughs> that all happened somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, this is all happening real quick. I think. Yeah. It was. I think it was just while she was at the hospital with Leota. Yeah. Her, there's a big ass explosion in her lab. Is all blown up, but yeah. she managed to save yeah. one last vial of yeah. the drugs you mix with the fluid for yeah. that However, last trip scene. <laughs> But an innocent janitor was destroyed in the blocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The building got detonated, or the floor got detonated, and the movie made sure to show us that an innocent janitor was yep. caught in the blast. It's very sad. R.I.P. R.I.P. janitor, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we basically get this whole convoluted backstory of the main cop kill, literally putting a hit out on his wife from uh, that robber dude. Yeah, uh, and then finishing the job, and then killing the other cop that just just banged his wife, basically. <laughs> yeah, you know the film <laughs> kind of set it. it up to make it seem like it was going to be more important than it actually was, but no, it was just his wife was 
having having a bit of a party. And it was also that they were he was a drunk and they were maybe getting a divorce, but she wanted to try and work it out. Yeah, that's true. I can't put all the blame on her because Ray Liotta was. Yeah, we did see yeah. during his many trip outs, we did see him acting like a drunken asshole. So. Yeah, and it's like, okay, yeah, you're just a scumbag. Yeah. Everybody in this movie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All, all questionable people, except for Shooter yeah. McGavin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the only movie where Shooter McGavin is arguably the most moral person. Right. <laughs> he may have just had a few sarcastic dick zingers but that we can't he's just being a funny guy because yeah called him for zinging someone roasting him yeah exactly you know you see him going around you know stealing people's spinal fluids <laughs> yeah <laughs> fuck oh jesus so yeah after all that we learn yeah that main cop guy he shows up at the house while leota's tripping tripping sack uh <laughs> she's tied up she can't do anything so he starts another fire again yeah. like he's not that creative with destroying evidence just blow it up is his yeah. motive <laughs> yeah it's like why not boom yep and that's basically the end there's a fight that yeah. happens while the building's burning down yeah um he and drags like- him out he's leota drags the guy out saves him yeah um, but also Here, grabs that tape too yeah so to clear his name got it all on recorded so yeah everybody knows ray Liotta. he's home free gets his kids back i mean he already got to visit his kids so it's not like his, his he had an okay deal to begin with but he managed to you know win win out in the end and yeah he probably got full custody back i'm assuming yeah Everybody's like, all right, I guess we've decided you're not a psychopath after all. So. I mean, debatable, because he still stole all that fluid. That's true. Yeah. But that I don't know. I, maybe he, it, it seems like he wasn't drinking alcohol anymore. So. Yeah, yeah. and Because that's one thing I noticed at first, because he asked the doctor at the, uh, that very first function, she orders a whiskey and he just gets a soda. Yeah, no, he's not drinking. Okay, well, that's good. So he's trying. He's trying not to be a, a creep. You know, and that was even before he the alcoholic backstory came in. I'm like, oh, he doesn't drink. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. I'll take note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then he started shooting up spinal fluid. Like, oh, okay, yeah, this guy's got issues. So. Yeah. But uh, it's still happy endings. You know, you don't see them every day with these types of movies. So I'll take it. I yeah. Liked Ray, you know, I liked seeing Ray Liotta trip out. That was pretty funny. <laughs> He's on the floor going, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And his eyes oh, and, bulging out. Like, turn, yeah. Like, totally and that, that the bad cop was on to like what the doctor was doing because he said, oh, there's only one way he could have figured that out is if he was this person. Yeah. And while he was watching Liotta on the floor bug out, uh, <laughs> He says some line directly that was like the last line that he said to the cop before he uh, yeah. framed him, framed yeah, framed it up. And he's like, "Oh, impressive! That drug does work." Okay, lay yeah. you all on fire now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I guess that's pretty much it. Would you say? Yeah, basically covers it. I, 
so i guess i'd give it probably just like a two star because it was long yeah i feel and there could have and pretty layered with the, as many it didn't need to be like i don't know that whole like the whole back half we just cut covered and was like yeah it was just done with just one bad cop probably and maybe one red herring of yeah. shooter mcgavin but <laughs> There's just that innocent, innocent Joe Schmo that knocked his wife up that probably didn't need to be there, you know. Just yeah. Someone else, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I give it like probably about a three because um, even though it was definitely long, I agree, and the vision was definitely unwieldy. There was way there were way too many characters. There was way too much backstory there were way too many things that were introduced that get resolved later that didn't really affect the overall plot like you said um i think if the film had focused more on ray leota and maybe had like kind of zeroed in a little bit more on just his psychotic drive to solve the mystery of his dead wife like you know kind of like what you get in a movie like memento or something like that I think yeah. it probably would have been like a better movie, but I still, I still really enjoyed it. I, I mean, it was, it was, you know, definitely, you know, excessive for the most part. For the, yeah, I think plot, they you know? might have helped if they took out a little, a couple of the CFS takings, like just made it more explicit of he actually gained info from some of them because some of them were just pointless. Yeah, I just kind of let him know where the robber one really kind of didn't help him out very much at all. Actually, kind of screwed him up. Like, yeah, you know, but you know, you get a flawed protagonist. Ray Liotta is really good at playing those. He does a good job, actually. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I actually, I did enjoy it quite a bit. It, yeah. it doesn't really have the most memorable plot as far as like the whole dead wife thing goes, but. You know, that plot is pretty forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I I quite enjoyed it a lot, honestly. It, it was, I, I, yeah, it was good, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I, well, I'd give it two and a half if I, I'll bump yeah. it up to one, a, a point 0.5. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Thank you. What are your thoughts, Zach? Yeah, I gave it a two and a half as well. Like okay. I've said before, I'm not too much into the noir style and it felt very noir to me yeah <clears throat> and I, I also did think it was a little long yeah so no, that's that's a noir trope too though yeah <laughs> so yeah well but yeah i, I think, love i do love noirs speaking of but yeah go yeah. on <laughs> yeah i need to watch some other ones because the ones i've seen are just kind of kind of boring oh you should what's that one with what's his face that's recent uh with jane was it james mcavoy i don't that's kind of a take on it where he's a high school brick i think it's called maybe brick oh yeah that has uh ryan gosling it has i think it has lucas hawes in it uh brick from 2004 that one are you thinking of a different one 2005 i think oh 2005 okay that's I like one. that one. Joseph Gordon Levitt's in it. I think oh, okay. I was, yeah, sorry. I, got I think it. I have seen that one actually. Uh, okay, that's a it's great been a while, but yeah. I get Ryan Gosling and Joseph Gordon Levitt confused for some reason. <laughs> very different. Very different. I know, but yeah. it's, it's like the weirdest thing. Like, <clears throat> but that's a um, classic noir. Like, uh, that might be just like this time period of noir. 
like nineties nineties thrillers. I'm just not yeah, into them. I'm not I don't like them too much either. Um if you want like a really good older noir picture out of the past with Robert Mitchum is outstanding. I really, really love that one. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's one. So um <clears throat> but um yeah, I mean, I, and I think this is actually by somebody who's a pretty talented director. I mean, like I said, he directed one of my favorite, uh, um, yeah, The Last Seduction, which is one of my one of my favorites. And then he did another movie, um, You Kill Me, with Ben Kingsley, that I really loved as well. That came out, I think, in, I want to say like two thousand five or something, two thousand six. You Kill Me, that I, that movie I really adore, and I think he directed that one. I think I've um, seen that one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I feel like this was like his first attempt at like a budget. <laughs> so that's kind of the impression I get based on his John Dahl is the director. Anyway, I was just smiled. Brick was actually directed by Ryan Johnson or Ryan, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Ryan yeah. Johnson. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Last Jedi fella. <laughs> yeah. Just forget so, that movie happened. Yeah. Just move on to uh, Knives Out. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. He also didn't he also do a loop or no wait did he do a looper? I don't I remember. Think so. I think he did. Yeah. Um, this director, I, I looked him up. I think too. Um, yeah. He, he's his most recent shit was actually just TV directing. Yeah, and he actually does a lot of work in TV. It seems in good TV shows too, not just like shitty TV shows. Like he did, nice. like the first one I noticed was he did do an episode of Breaking Bad, and then it just starts picking up from there. Is he just starts oh. taking like just on like the high quality ones? Like he did Yellowstone, I guess is good too. He did like four nice. episodes of that. Uh, yeah, a bunch of good That's shit. Cool. Good TV right. acting, I guess. <laughs> John Dahl, there you go. You know, it's good director, I guess. <sighs> anyway, oh, which reminds me, I finished uh, Stranger Things season four. Well, I didn't finish the whole season, obviously, because it's not out yet. But I finished all all that all that Netflix will allow me to watch. <laughs> right, those fuckers. Um, yeah, and I noticed a couple of them were directed by that Nimrod guy. Who directed? Um, he directed something, and I and now I forget what it was, but it was like it was something that we've talked about. I feel like mm. Nimrod, something Nimrod and Anatel, Anatel, whatever that guy's <laughs> name is. I think he did like so. I think he does like music videos or something. I just like his name, Nimrod. I'm like, that's just the worst the name for a filmmaker. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry, we're veering off topic. We <laughs> gotta talk about the next movie uh, on our Ray Liotta thon. Which, by the way, Zach, you know, before we jump into that, m- might I say that, you know, you know, your new look is pretty excellent. So with the glasses and everything. Yeah, still getting used to them. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I wear glasses as well, but you know, this is my period where I get to take a break from them. So yeah, a little big for my face, but <laughs> yeah, same, same with mine. Mine are enormous. These are mine. 
Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. They're like 70s style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it takes anyway. a lot of refining to get them to fit your face. Indeed. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, what, what was your... Ch- oh, wait. There's a bit of a backstory. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right, yeah. Yes, yeah, so my original choice was No Escape, which probably would have been way better. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the yeah. in the context of the show, but yeah. Unearth Films recently acquired it, so we got taken off of YouTube. Yeah, which is cool. I gotta admit, you know, because they'll probably give it a pretty good restoration. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so instead, I chose Operation Dumbo Drop. Mm-hmm. You I- went in the exact opposite direction. Because <laughs> yeah. no, no escape is really really dark and brutal. This is the opposite of dark and brutal. You know, uh, yeah, it takes place during a particular time period, but okay, go on. Yeah, it's a Disney Vietnam movie. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't expect, like, I kind of, I didn't expect just today's Disney. I'm like, why would they ever even touch something like that ever today? I don't don't think so. Like, like that's edgy, a Vietnam War movie from, from Disney. I was like, it okay, all right. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah, direct, uh, marketed towards families too. Yeah, this is supposed to be a family movie, which based actually, on true events as well. Yeah, that's actually quite kind of interesting that they make a movie based on true events and it's a family movie. You know, it's like, ooh, okay, all right, I'm interested. You know, and um, it's by the same director as something i've seen oh free willy is it <laughs> oh, yeah. that makes sense and by the same director as free willy and Chris. flash with lucas black crocodile um, dundee in los angeles oh wow yeah. this guy just, <laughs> yeah. just does the animal movies and he did that movie um what was that movie that 80s movie daryl you yeah. know this is a great movie um yeah he's he's done some classics so <laughs> Yep. But I'm curious as to why he went from working with whales to working with elephants. Like... <laughs> biggest sea creature, not the biggest land creature. Yeah, he just know. wants to work <laughs> with the biggest animals. Like, yeah. he's, he's into he's into big movies, you know. <laughs> yep. All right, I will read the Wikipedia plot as always. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> During the Vietnam War in 1968, Green Beret Captain Sam Cahill. Yeah, yeah, Cahill. 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 Yeah, Cahill, I believe. <laughs> That's Leota. Yeah. Uh, that one's Danny Glover. Oh, oh Danny Glover. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Doyle yeah. is, I... is Leota. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I would say that De- uh, Danny Glover is probably more the main character in this movie than Ray Leota, honestly. Hey. Mm. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. Like, yeah. co co main. Yeah, yeah, like even though Ray Liotta was like top build as like the main sort of, and I guess it makes sense because Ray Liotta does the most, but it's kind of more Danny Glover's story, honestly. Like, yeah, I guess opinion, or but... Ray Liotta, I guess, has more of a character arc. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. what makes sense. It's it's about. Ray Liotta having to learn something that Danny Glover's already learned. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Screen Bray, Captain Sam Cahill has been working hard to create good relations between the United States and Montagnard Vietnamese village in the Dakni, which occupies an important observation point near the clandestine Ho Chi Minh Trail. Uh, Cahill is coming close to his discharge and explained to his successor, Captain T.C. Doyle, Ray Liotta, mm. uh, the delicate nature of Vietnamese customs, as well as counterintelligence involving covert enemy activity. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, so it's it's generally just kind of like, um, it's it's just like another sort of situation where somebody who has sort of already kind of reconvened has managed to actually accumulate some degree of communications overall you know yeah so and then yeah uh, leota is taking or is basically taking over danny's danny glover's position because he's getting out soon i guess is yeah what's going on there yeah. yeah there's a bunch of them getting out like like less than a week they i think is what they were saying you know so. yeah I was half expecting all of them to die, but <laughs> yeah. Disney. Disney. So. Yeah. yeah, they managed to make good with their circle, which you know, it's not like that didn't happen. It's just you know those those usually aren't the stories you hear about. That's the problem. Yeah. So I think the only other time I've seen that might have been Apocalypse Now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Off the top of my head, anyway. I mean, maybe I've seen that in some other Vietnam. Uh, maybe Good Morning Vietnam. I feel like there was something about that in there, and um, I don't know. You don't see that in very many Vietnam War movies. So, um, but the, I would actually, I wouldn't classify this as a war movie. Honestly, it's more. It's no one dies. More, well, yeah, it, <laughs> there's, there's gunfire like, in quotes. <laughs> Yeah. And explosions and quotes but nobody dies at all yeah like the most war you get is literally at the very beginning when they're just like entering because they're bypassing various territories and of course there's but it's kind of done really like you don't actually see what happens like you see them start to fire and then it kind of fades and the pretty Disney harp music is playing <laughs> and you see all the villagers running around and children and lots of like bright colors and stuff. And it's like, okay, this is a village. And Danny Glover is like breathing a sigh of relief and, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. all right, so I guess this is all right. <laughs> and it's like the, the bad guys are just chasing them the whole time mostly. There's not actual <laughs> fighting yeah. them. There was yeah, the there's the goat or the boat scene too was stood out to me as oh this is Disney as hell because yeah. they they bombed basically an enemy boat but they were like oh everybody jump off get out yeah. so they just <laughs> bombed an empty boat and no one dies <laughs> yeah <clears throat> everybody manages to get off the boat before yeah. the bomb hits it lucky them so, but you know whatever that's what they're going for you know they're trying to tell a very specific story i mean really when you think about it it, it is kind of comparable to apocalypse now actually because i wouldn't classify that as a war movie either like because the war stuff only happens kind of in one part of the movie but the majority of the movie it, it's kind of in the background and i would say this is sort of the same thing is the war stuff is at the beginning and then the rest of the film is involves this specific plot that you'll get to yeah yeah anyway sorry for delaying the no it's all right it's kind of a short plot summary so oh okay cool <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, so they they meet, and you can tell they're like polar opposites. Danny Glover's just drinking the local wine. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Leota comes up by the book and everything. Yeah. But you kind of guess it, where this is going. Pretty much. Like, Ray Leota is kind of a stingy, uptight, conservative uh, fella who uh, ends up, yeah, like, yeah, he, take, he takes a sip of the wine and he goes, bah! Bah! <laughs> Yeah, it's customary. It's- he said, are you getting hammered at, he, they even said hammered in a Disney movie. You're getting hammered at 11 a.m.? Yeah. It's like, it's oh, customary. Oh, <laughs> careful there. You know, you right. don't want to upset the, you know, you're already pushing it with the PG, you know. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> getting hammered. <laughs> Actually, there's a number of crude jokes in this movie. Like, there's one I wrote down that I loved. Oh, yeah, what was that? Yeah, this comes out, I mean, well, oh, go, you, it's yeah, a, we haven't explained the plot fully yeah, yet. Yeah, you're right. We'll, we'll <laughs> it, it has to do with the actual plot, though. Yeah, sorry. All right, I'm jumping the boat. Okay. <laughs> uh, in a lapse of judgment with surrounding village children, a child steals a nested crunch bar from Doyle's backpack. Uh, the rapper, <laughs> when found, lets the NVA know of the local villagers' cooperation with the Americans. As punishment... Um, some name like Brigadier Win. That's how you say that. N G U Y E N. Win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you try and pronounce the N, but yeah. Win. I think so. Yeah. Uh, of the NBA orders his subordinate Captain Quang to kill the villagers' elephant right before a spiritual festival to aid the villagers. Cahill promises to replace the slain elephant before their upcoming ceremony, while Doyle, whom the villagers blame for the elephant's death, reluctantly agrees to help. That really upset me. They sh- okay, so first of all, like that's messed up, like the whole elephant death thing. Like that really bothered me. Yeah, I'm glad it happened off screen, obviously, but it's mm-hmm. like, oh man, you know, like that's pretty hardcore. But what bothered me even more is the fact that they blame Ray Liotta instead of blaming Nestle. Like because like the movie made sure to show a close up of goddamn crunch. crunch. That like, fucking crunch bar. Yeah, it's it's an unusual use of advertisement when a candy bar company, or in this case Nestle, decides to advertise their chocolate bar by saying we're going to be responsible for the death of an elephant. Like what? You know. But then I the, the thing too was, Yoda, and it's like what. The thing too wasn't like the crunch came out around then, and it, I remember it just having aggressive advertising to try and sell it. But it was this was it's totally possible. like a yeah. uh, like what were they trying to say with the advertising? You know, like Nestle Crunch it, bars. It exists. The, <laughs> hey, that they're the exist. favorite chocolate of Vietnam War soldiers. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Just, I. I uh, oh well but uh, it was still an interesting sort of advertisement you know not as interesting as mac and me obviously you know <laughs> but we don't literally have people dancing for nestle crunch so that would have been amazing <laughs> yeah ray liotta starts break dancing yeah. <clears throat> all right uh at camp major Pedersen, Peterson, 
assigns Cahill and Doyle with Doyle in command to secure and deliver a new elephant to the villagers, <clears throat> as well as two soldiers, specialist for Harvey Ashford, played mm. by Dougie Doug. Yeah. <laughs> and then you also got... And Specialist 5, Lawrence Farley, Corin Nemec. Corin Nemec, who I haven't seen since, like, what was that TV movie? He's been in, like, a dozen different things. Anyway. I don't know him. Yeah. This is the the country boy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know him. He's in The Stand. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Um. Hill blackmails Chief Warrant Officer 3, David Poole, played by Dennis Leary, mm. into helping as well. Yeah. I appreciated Dennis Leary being in this yeah. movie. You know, yeah, I love his voice. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and he had a, like in the beginning, he was, you know, had a signature cigar type stuff too. <laughs> <He's Yeah>. Smoking. <laughs> yeah. He was really entertaining. Yeah. yeah. He played like a suit, not like an actual army guy, but like, you know. Yeah. Paper pusher. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Who can get anything for anybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's got an amazing voice. Like he's Dennis Leary's got like one of my all-time favorite voices. I don't even know how to explain it. He just it just I can't even imitate it. It's too good. Yeah. Um, so they purchased an elephant known as Botat from a local Vietnamese trader. Played by James Hong. Mm. Oh yeah, I was like, "Hey, I saw you just a little bit ago." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. They also agree to take along Botat's child handler, Lin Lee. Yeah, uh, it was Lay. Lay. Lin L I N H. I think. Yeah. But yeah, it was Lynn, 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 something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like because he, there was some kind of like negotiation thing, I guess. Like, yeah, because uh, he he says he has verbal experience with verbal commands guiding the elephant. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's kind of like an elephant whisperer, I guess. Yeah. For this particular, because I mean, we do find out he's been with, he grew up with the elephant. Yeah, we find out he's actually got good reason to be an elephant whisperer. So <laughs> yep. he's actually probably got the best excuse in the entire world, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, and I guess that is where around the joke comes in. I'll tell. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's it was, it. it was, I forget who asked, but it, I think it was, it was just like, oh, see, okay, so. Anyone know how to work an elephant? <laughs> and then uh, what's his name? Dougie Doug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> just says, Yeah. He just says, I was in love with a fat woman once, but she never listened to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty edgy joke. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, gave me gave me a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it caught me off guard. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't expecting that from a Disney movie, but then again, it was the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're talking about the, the same era that brought us Cool Runnings. Yeah, which he was also in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. 
Uh, actually, wait, was Cole Runnings a Disney movie? I don't even. Yep. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Damn, that's a classic. Yeah, you rewatch that one. <laughs> I, I actually. Oh, another one I rewatched not too too long ago was uh, Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I burped. Um, it's a good yeah. one. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah, watching this back too, it did remind me of like, wow, Disney used to be way different. It's now just <laughs> pumping out franchise movies and re-releases, and yeah, they actually had some original stuff back in the nineties. Yeah, well, I mean, I even mean, if I, this was based off like some book or true story thing, but yeah, I still believe every once in a while Disney can like put out a gem. I I heard that one movie with that dog movie with Willem Dafoe was really good. Um, but I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> like Ogo or Togo or something like that. Like, I don't know. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah. But it's a dog movie, so uh, you know, maybe it's not that original. <laughs> uh. Uh, along the way, NVA soldiers attempt to stop them. Following a failed air transport, the soldiers oh, yeah. use a combination of methods to reach Piku Air Force Base before the final <clears throat> stage of their journey to Dakni. Yeah, that well, I mean, that okay. whole airplane thing, that was mostly just the fact that they, they none of these guys could get their shit together. Like, first of all, they show up to the plane, and the guy who's flying the plane they haven't even communicated to him that they're bringing an elephant so he's already like deals off no way Mm -hmm. because as soon as that thing starts moving it's going to throw us off kilter and we're not going to be able to balance the plane and you need to be able to balance the plane to fly it so i don't want you to bring the elephant so they just they agree to sedate the elephant which of course gives them the excuse of having a suppository joke (laughs) where they put a pill of course the elephant's butthole uh and then of course the little kid is like no i don't want the elephant to fly. so nobody can even agree on what the fuck to do and what's but, also just yeah. in general what's surprising this seems like it would be a fairly easy thing to do and cost efficient just to just move an elephant get an elephant yeah. to a village it's, yeah i don't know why it took so much red tape seeming cost a lot a lot of people it's- I think it's because they had they had a time limit, like it needed to be done by a certain day, like or something like that. And they were just like, "Oh, this is the quickest way. We got to do it in the next like however many hours." Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like an easy <laughs> thing they could have done, and would have been no big deal. But yeah. yeah, or maybe just radio them, and be like, "Hey, is it okay if your elephant is a couple hours late?" Like just something, just anything. Any yeah. Glover Glover could have, I don't know, convinced somebody negotiated somewhere sucked somebody's dick and like, just, lbj yeah you know there you go it's just something but instead it's like no we don't have time for that we got to put the elephant on an airplane give it a tranquilizer suppository you know and then put it on the plane but then while it's on the plane it it wakes up and you know of course like that leads to a whole other situation where <clears throat> One party on the plane is trying to get the elephant off the plane. The people up front decide, oh, let's just shoot the damn thing. And meanwhile, Ray Liotta, Danny Glover, and uh, what's the boy's name again? Um, and, and Ling. 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 Um, Lin. 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 
the Lin kid it manages to do his elephant whispering thing while they close the hatch. And but at that point they're like, all right, fuck it. It's not worth it. Let's just get the elephant off now. So. Yep. And one of those guys from the plane was Tuco from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Oh, I, really? Yeah. yeah, that was funny. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. It was an interesting scene, you know, because the, like the I don't know. There was actually quite a few little suspenseful bits here and there where they're dealing with this elephant. And, I don't know. I can I can't imagine that an elephant would be easy to work with on a film. So it's, I don't know. They're supposed I mean, I to be like, pretty smart, right? I think. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. You know, and I'm sure there's some CGI and animatronics here and there, but for the most part, it I you know the elephant looked pretty pretty real. You know, so good effects on Disney's part for sure. Like, yeah. Yep. So it skips a lot. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, a okay. lot. <laughs> like how much? Like the whole movie, or pretty much like the, uh, the next one is. There's not much to say, really. They mostly just argue and constantly have conflicts with each other. Go from They're... one plane to another. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of character development with the boy. Um, at some point, he I wasn't good. a fan of the. I don't know if it was just because he didn't talk much in the beginning, but I felt like his like accent. That I don't know if it was a real one or not, but like, felt kind of yeah. The kid's accent got worse as the movie went along, I and he used by the name of by his real name. I'd say it's it was real Dentily. Hmm. and that's his i looked him up too and this was the only movie he's ever been in as well his only his only credit so i mean sometimes actors whose english isn't the first language like it it can be hard to sort of like yes he got more comfortable on camera change the way he was acting or something yeah it also was just i think how it was written too because you're just speaking in third person the whole time i was like stop speaking in third person kid i mean i think i was i was enchanted enough by his relationship with the elephant that i did i i didn't really i didn't really notice and i just noticed the third person stuff mostly i don't know i mean maybe that's how you know vietnamese language works you speak in third person maybe that's how it works but i don't know i think i think what i liked about it was that like it wasn't like a typical type of like obnoxious kid type of thing it was like where the kid just basically stands around and it's mostly just useless and acts cute it's more like a movie where the kid is actually mostly kind of angry and pissed off throughout the majority of the film and pretty much only has a relationship with the elephant although although some like he does eventually develop a bond with the danny glover character which you know eventually builds to something rather you know sad but um like for the most part though it's mostly just the kid kind of just being an orphan and doing his thing so but it wasn't really the main part of the movie it was more just kind of in the background while the ray Liotta and company were duking it out dennis leary throwing punchlines at everybody <laughs> it's like all right yeah i'll take it and then a lot of shit jokes like uh, which yeah. I kind of got tired of. Uh, you know, there's only so much elephant shit I can take. It's like, mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. And farts. It's like, yeah, more farting. More pooping. Yay. <laughs> they brought the suppositories up a couple times too. It's like, oh, yeah. you like like to Leo Leota's character. Oh, you you I knew you liked that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I don't know. I guess the people who made this movie like like suppositories or something. <laughs> Yeah. At Pliku Air Air Base, uh, Major Peterson notifies the captains that the mission has been canceled. The Ho Chi Minh Trail has changed direction, and they no longer need the support of a local village. Uh, a CIA airstrip near Dockney has already <laughs> been been destroyed by the NBA, making a landing by plane impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, against regulations, they commandeer a cargo aircraft intending to parachute themselves and Botat into Dockney. <clears throat> uh, the aircraft comes under enemy fire, forcing them and Botat to parachute out early. They land unharmed in and around the village, except for Ashford, who gets stuck in a tree and comes separated from the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and- yeah, that was intense. <laughs> I was like, okay, I didn't expect that, but I'll take it. Yeah, that's it. where I thought he was going to die. This whole <laughs> yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, is it going to happen? Like, oh, that, that, that reminds me of the joke he had was like, the kid was telling him why they love elephants so much. And he was like, so basically there's a godfather elephant, like higher than God. And it was an elephant and he was white. <laughs> and he flew with the clouds and all this shit and had a had you know made love to a goddess and made yeah. you know human like regular elephants and then when he he, he like, dougie doug basically says you know i like that story with the elephants but next time you tell it say it was a black elephant <laughs> i didn't expect that but it was, it was yeah. like, oh that was so funny yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was that did that made me laugh quite a bit. It's like okay, it's like you're pretty shameless. <laughs> it was his delivery was like all that. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. NVA forces suddenly appear, threatening to take the remaining soldiers hostage and kill the elephant. Ashford, however, is able to free himself and create a diversion. Long enough to distract and incapacitate the NBA troops. Uh, the villagers hold their festival with Botat in the place of honor. When Cahill radios the airbase, he is informed that the supply route has changed direction again back to the village. Uh, that fact, combined with their capture of high-ranking enemy officers, has prompted the U.S. Army to sanction their relief mission post-facto and confirm Doyle's original mission to replace Cahill as liaison officer in the village. Mm. yeah okay there you go. that's about it really uh, yeah it's they it the movie made me believe in in magic by having the scene where ray Liotta jumps out of the airplane to save the falling elephant <laughs> oh yeah 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 cut between green screen of the actual elephant and like an animatronic elephant that seemed like it was actually parachuting yeah <laughs> it's wild 
like you could because the elephant the real footage was like very stiff and the trunk was just flopping on the air yeah that's so funny oh my god you know and like when it was like turning to like it looked like it was like a statue almost like it just the way it, it didn't turn correctly like yeah. for an elephant like that would be that heavy you know yeah. I didn't think that would work at all. I mean, just yeah. realistically, I don't know how yeah. that would work. But of course, yeah, unless it was tranked or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this time yeah. it wasn't. They didn't even bring up the tranks for this mission. Yeah. Like, it definitely move around and cause itself to fall out or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, what? But Ray Liotta and company managed to get the elephant to the village. And then the guy decides to try to shoot the elephant, which that doesn't go over well because every basically the whole cast decides to just beat the crap out of him at once, which made me laugh. Um, let's see. There's a sad scene between the Lynn and Danny Glover where Danny Glover says he has to go back to his home. And the kid is gets really upset because Danny Glover's essentially been the only adult that he's actually had any sort of. He's basically the only like the closest thing to a father that he's had because what happened before the film kind of briefly explains is that the elephant actually saved the kid's life during a village raid, so or something like that. And yeah, yeah, so, his dad, his dad died. His parents were killed. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a. Tarzan Jungle Book type of backstory where this kid or Pete's Dragon where this kid you know gets rescued by a large you know animal slash beast and is taken care of by it and so he has to say goodbye to Danny Glover who's going back to America and so there's like a brief heart to heart then the kid just runs away and goes plays with some villagers or some village kids and like it would like Danny Glover was like nothing and uh, then everybody else kind of just stands around looking into the sunset. And then they play that song from Dumbo that I don't think people really want to talk about anymore. And uh, then the movie ends. Yeah. Disney. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cute. You know, pretty cute little 90s movie. What year was this? 94? 95. Oh, okay. All right. I guess it was like 94. I guess 95 makes a little more sense. So little did we know that before Ray Liotta did the voice of Tommy Versetti in Grand Theft Auto by City, he was making the Disney money. Right, shit. (laughs) Do you guys have any more thoughts on Operation Dumbo Drop? By the way, the title didn't really have much to do with the movie. Like, Dumbo wasn't the name of any character or anything like nope. that. It wasn't even name. I don't think... Did they even say Dumbo? Maybe, maybe once, once in passing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, maybe. It was kind of a dumb title, actually. Like, that's kind of another reason why I didn't want to see it. It's like, A, it's a war movie. Boring. And B, uh, Operation Dumbo Draw. That title sucks. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I'd say I'd give it a three. It's kind of standard Disney fare, I guess, but with a Vietnam War background. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a cutesy family movie with a Vietnam War twist. Which I guess if you're going to introduce the concept of the Vietnam War to children, 
I guess this is an okay way to do it. I mean, it's only a little racist. It's not that bad, I guess. I, I mean, it, it mostly is pretty pretty okay regarding... I, I, I mean, I didn't really like the way they criticized their food culture. It's kind of like... I don't know. It felt weird. But whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I get what they were trying to do with it, though, and I also, I guess they kind of bounced it out a little bit by saying that we all, that the West eats nothing but packaged food, so, so maybe, maybe that makes it a little, a little bit more fair, but felt like there was a better way they could have done that, not to get all, you know, Disney could do things better, you know, let me put on my microscopic glasses and scrutinize every mistake, <laughs> I'm not that type of person, <laughs> but, you know. I guess if, if you want to find stuff to criticize, there is some stuff. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. for a Di- Especially for a Disney movie. Because uh, it's just thinking of what Disney is today and then looking back. Yeah. Seeing what it was making. I was like, oh, shit. This is in- it was just interesting, at least. Yeah. Um, definitely different i'd give it probably a solid three honestly yeah I'd be, I'd be i'd be I'm giving, four, it a, I'm giving it a three myself because it is definitely watchable as well like yeah. you know you can just throw it on and not really have any complaints it was a disney movie so yeah well made of course and everything yeah. so easy to watch too like it moves fast for the yep. type of movie yep. it is and yeah. it's just it still blows my mind they made a vietnam war movie <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh god, Disney, what? And I also was just thinking the whole time that elephants are wild, the creature. Like they, are, they yeah. pick shit, they're huge. They use their yeah. nose as a like a what do they call it? I mean a hand, but yeah, appendage. Their um trunk for all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Nature. Yeah. Nature's crazy. It really is. <laughs> elephants are beautiful, unique, strange creatures. You super know, I, smart too yeah yeah but it was fun to kind of see the the elephants in this movie like i feel like the elephants interacted really well with the actors yeah um, yeah yeah like, had good what, chemistry with the yeah elephants. and what's his, the guy that was going home doug i don't know his character dougie doug he was going home in a week and yeah so we asked the kid, like, oh, what are some superstitions or whatever? And he says, well, elephants are really good luck. Just pet it. So he was like, there's a scene where he was just petting it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted to make it because he was carrying a rabbit's foot the whole time and he was yeah. petting the elephant. And <laughs> that was that funny. Was funny. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. I don't know. It was a pretty charming movie. I'm glad I saw it, you know. It wasn't the boring war movie that I thought it was going to be. It actually ended up being, you know pretty 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 good yeah not bad yeah well um i guess the last thing i would say about that this operation dumbo drop movie is that you know even though the main plot is about an elephant and transporting it to a particular location like i feel like the movie like the message of the movie is kind of more about like loving people who are different which i think is a good message so yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think a, that yeah. both Leodegas and Glover's characters had a nice arc. I like there was there there was a they had an argument on a bridge yeah. during the movie that I thought was actually really good. 
Because they kind of just cathartic. called, yeah, they called each other out on both of their bullshits, and they were both right. So yeah, yep. Yeah, it was a good moment. You know, I appreciated a lot of like what they were going for with this movie. You know, so um, yeah, yeah, definitely an unexpected sort of fun time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now I guess I should talk about my movie which was made in 1997 it is it is a movie that i think a lot of people have seen if i'm not mistaken um because i know i've heard the title like spoken by at least a few people um turbulence uh and it takes place on an airplane mostly so so it's another one of those type of movies um and you know the thing about most airplane movies is that usually the people in them have to deal with two threats. They have to deal with the threat of the airplane and whatever other threat is going on on the plane. But in this movie, the airplane doesn't seem to be as much of a threat. Uh, it's a I mean, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard. I guess I'll explain what I mean, but. um, It's a Christmas movie too, by the way. Yeah. You're right. (laughs) You're right. I, which I didn't realize it was a Christmas movie. You know, yeah. one one more you can add to the list if you want to. Yeah, for some good Christmas movies. Yeah. Well, you know there are sequels to this one. I, um, I saw so, that. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. them, but I, I've seen the so, third one. Yo, you have the third one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. Is it? <laughs> I want to see the sequels after seeing this one because, I mean, this movie was. <laughs> I don't know. This movie was this movie really pissed me off. All right, so <laughs> so let's see here. Um, so so uh, all right. Th- so yeah, this I, from what I understand, this movie actually it didn't do well in the theater, but it, it did re- well with rentals. Like it actually, w- I guess, was the number one most rented movie of the year or something like that. Like, yeah, looking at the Wikipedia, fifty-five million dollar budget. Made yeah, a, made eleven point five million box office. Mm. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I mean, I, yeah, I guess as far as like money goes, um, I could sort of see where some of that money went. Um, there are some, there are a few moments here and there that look kind of cool. Um, For a '90s movie, right? What what year is that? '97. So there's there's a, there's a fair amount of plain CGI. Yeah. So I can see a lot of money going to that. Is was Leota a big name about '97 too? Well, Goodfellas so. kind of put him on the map, and then he kind of, then he kind of rode off the success of that throughout the rest of the '90s, um, mostly just getting put in whatever people wanted to put him in, you know. Which there's a lot. <laughs> like he he I, I mean No Escape was probably the most notorious like film that he was in, in in the 90s other than Goodfellas but um Turbulence yeah um so okay so the movie starts out that with um Ray Liotta kind of after a series of little moments gets arrested uh for apparently you know murdering I think five women or something like that. And he's, you know, going with this whole thing of like, 
oh this this detective framed me he you know he planted evidence and you know he kind of keeps saying that again and again throughout the movie and um there's another guy is there like a plot summary because <laughs> i just yeah there it's is. hard to yeah i'm not good at describing this stuff so i can help out too at least yeah <clears throat> um like there's another killer so yeah with that with I don't that remember if he was a killer or not. no he was just a robber i think just like a heist guy he played yeah. he's the dude that was mad eye moody in harry potter yeah, yeah. which um, is weird he's an he's an irishman but they made him have a southern accent which didn't sound good yeah, at all no yeah awful. oh yeah his, yeah his, his accent was awful in this yeah 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 it really was i was like oh, okay Oof. But the thing with the planting evidence, I'll add, is that it did because, like, right when he was caught and everything, yeah. it kind of made it look like he actually was the killer. How, based on what Leota was saying, was like, you never would have caught me. And he was like, even just calling out the officers' names, like he knew them by their name and everything. And you never would yeah. have caught me unless you didn't cheat, you know? Right. So you yeah, kind I of mean, got the picture pretty early on that he was the bad guy, just. <clears throat> Yeah, it, it was pretty obvious, honestly, uh, but the movie kind of treats it like it isn't obvious, which yeah. really irritated the, it irritated the hell out of me because, like, because then it made me feel like the movie was trying, it, like, it, it started to confuse me. Like, the movie was trying to, like, lead me off track so badly that it actually confused me because it made me feel like it was hyper-focusing on the robber and trying to make him out to be this sadistic psychopath. And it was devoting a ridiculous amount of time to Ray Liotta and trying to make him into seem almost like he's going to be like the action hero of the movie, which annoyed the crap out of me because like he can't, he was obviously like he, he was an obvious psychopath. Like the movie, like, yeah. didn't even do a good job of trying to like hide especially that the the tone he was using to ask her questions yeah he was yeah. being that creepy charming dude to the flight yeah. attendants what's your favorite song what's your favorite sport or whatever he was saying like, i'll have what you're ha- what do you recommend oh, yeah it sounds nice i'll have that <laughs> yeah it's like okay ted bundy like yep 100 percent and yeah, I think they even say something like that. Like, they yeah. do mention Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I yeah. don't know if he did it or not. He's so true. Ted Bundy. Yeah. Yeah, Catherine Hicks, who I thought was going to be the main character. Well, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. So, what does this, the plot? Oh wait, say? did you want to oh. go to that? You remember that conversation we were talking about with two women speaking behind his back, or whatever? Oh it- yeah. Um, yeah yeah um because i i mean it might not have actually been the one i was thinking of but i was thinking of the one where like after ray Liotta kind of does whatever it is with the flight attendant like when he says that one comment to her and then Catherine hicks is like did you know that he murdered his wife or whatever like she like points to it and the same goddamn thing happens in um unforgettable yeah okay yeah where where the lady's like he murdered his wife and in this movie Catherine Hicks does the same thing <laughs> that's fucking funny yeah the thing that that... and Ray Liotta standing there going like oh, oh, like oblivious like a deer about to get hit by a car oh, oh. <laughs> like, I just love that that makes me that yeah. made me happy to see him act the same way 
in under the same circumstances. <laughs> okay, so the conversation I was thinking of, which I guess it, it isn't the same, but it was they immediately failed the Bechdel test of oh, yeah. like because the the flight the one flight attendant I don't know got stood up or something by her fiance and like <laughs> she showed her yeah. that there's no ring she didn't get married and they just. It was hard, like the worst failure of the Bechdel test I've ever seen of them just talking about men and their relationships with men. And it was like, oh, it was so yeah, cringy. I, like, they couldn't. You could tell. They had a Chekhov's gun as well in this movie. So they're trying to hit any, any Hollywood trope they could. Yeah, pretty much. It was. It's no airport. I'll put it that way. <laughs> All right, so there's a Wikipedia plot summary. I, I bet they'll probably do a better job explaining the plot because I'm all over the place with this one. Like, this movie just, it pissed me off in a bad way. All right, all right I'll stop talking for the moment. All right, uh, Ryan Weaver, played by Ray Liotta, also known as the Lonely Heart Strangler. <laughs> uh, Even I, the Wikipedia summary doesn't hide it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch that, his nickname, but... Yeah, neither do I. I right. Oh well. Yeah, I got it. Somewhere okay. Down. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah. Also known as Lonely Heart Strangler, an accused serial killer and rapist, uh, is arrested in New York City despite his claims of innocence. <clears throat> Even though yeah. poli- police lieutenant Aldo Hines, which is, that seems like a very stereotypical <laughs> police name. Yeah, Aldo Hines. <laughs> Uh, and he's he's only in like maybe a handful of scenes. He's not even important to the plot. But not really. Yeah. yeah. He's like in five scenes total. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at one point broke protocol during the arrest, which later enraged Weaver. Yeah. Uh, the authorities. <laughs> it's unfair. Oh. Call me in an unfair way. How dare you? Right. Uh, the authorities have enough hard evidence to have Weaver transported to Los Angeles to face trial. He and another prisoner, a bank robber named Stubbs, played by Brandon Gleason, are escorted by four U.S. Marshals on a Boeing 474 on a commercial flight. Even though it is Christmas Eve, the 747 has, is nearly empty with only 11 people on board. Yeah. Now, I've never, like, I've, I have traveled on Christmas before. And the plane that I was on was actually pretty, pretty full, but it's usually the case. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, I do know people who have experienced, and I, I don't think it happens <laughs> that often, but maybe it does have experienced traveling on Christmas day and being on planes that aren't full. So I, well, I, I also think this is, pro- but, um, I think this is also probably a, a movie of its time where because i think flight wasn't as big because it's there's definitely pre 9 11 and like because they were making like oh i thought this was a smoking like there's a smoking jokes and shit like that um that's true i just don't think flight was that like as a big thing as it was like in the 90s from what i remember okay as it was during the 2000s when it started ramping up be yeah. more cost efficient or something but that's just me remembering as a kid i don't fucking know <laughs> i mean i yeah that's the thing i can only go by my own experience and usually 
traveling on Christmas Day is a freaking nightmare. Yeah. Um, yeah. If and, and even though I do know people who claim that they've been on planes that were that weren't full on Christmas, these planes are like literally almost empty. Like this is like desolate. <laughs> like, is this plane about to go out of business? Despite its size, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's losing money for sure on yeah. <laughs> on the flight. But yeah, you, have to, you also just have to question. Like, I, I I don't know if they would. This is how they would transport these type of people. Yeah, that's they true. use government. I'm assuming they would use government, like fucking government planes and shit, to do this anyway. Yeah, some Con Air shit. Yeah, Con Air. Yeah, that's exactly. what I was thinking. Yeah, Con Air. I mean, there was I, a Con Air reference in uh, that movie. But yeah, I, I love Con Air. <laughs> yeah. I have to re. I have to rewatch that one because that's that's the movie that this movie only dreams of being you know (laughs) i guess the jury is still out on whether or not the plane in this movie is i guess realistic enough that's why this in this movie particularly i'm wondering like because one of the complaints i had about this was it was so long there was like just a lot of airplane mumbo jumbo yeah a lot of a lot of them just walking through the plane like was it like partially sponsored by boeing like say hey look at this new plane we got isn't it sweet it has all look at because the steps they took to put on the air like the autopilot and shit were so extensive and everything like yeah i get wanting to go for realism but you could have still cut out five minutes of them explaining how to turn on the autopilot and still seem realistic and passable well, as realistic i mean not only that but the auto well the autopilot didn't really do any good to be honest but all right we'll get to that um i just <sighs> all right all right all right all right keep, you can keep reading ah oh, man nearly empty with only 11 people oh yeah they like made sure to go through all of these people yeah, they made sure a little bit. Yeah, like the regular passengers. Wow. Oh, and one thing I laughed at was there's one of the regular passengers was like a skateboard kid. <laughs> he was skateboarding inside the fucking plane. Yeah, it was like plenty of room. <laughs> a lot of room. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as soon fuck? as I saw him, I'm like, that's the character I'm waiting for. You know. <laughs> but then it ended up. That's all he did was just skateboarded. And then- uh, oh, there was a there's a funny little gag though that he, he tried to order a Heineken in like this meekish little voice. Oh yeah, and she just gave funny. him a milk. <laughs> yeah, that was that was cute. I like that. But um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So sorry if you hear that. My cat is meowing insanely loudly. Um. Anyway, so yeah, uh, so they're going through the, the every single room of the plane. Like, there's a lot of classes, I guess, or whatever, whatever you call them. Like, yeah, yeah. you got like skateboard kid, the old yeah. couple, yeah, old snobby, couple snobby rich lady, yeah, another dude in first class that you don't really see. That guy oh, with yeah. the who kept on yelling. And then what's his name with the eyebrows? Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like they said, so much. Really oh yeah, they they set him up 
like they're going to be throughout the whole movie but and then they don't yeah well that's the thing like all these characters could have been potentially interesting and instead they i i guess i'll just spoil it they all end up getting locked in a crew closet yep it's like what what's the point Mm -hmm. of that that's what kind of crap is that? That's bullshit. I don't know why they did that at all. Like, just cut it out. And it would have been better if they just made it like a government plane, <laughs> to yeah, be honest. Like, just with these flight attendants yeah. commandeering and no regular passengers. Because they didn't do anything at all. Yeah. Either cut them out, kill them, or do something with them. Because, <laughs> like, at least show what they're doing in the closet. Like, yeah, they right. Try, they don't they know. About how they're afraid. Are they good? Because the movie, okay, so the movie, like Ray Liotta said, like, says something about how he killed them all. Oh, spoiler. Mm-hmm. Ray Liotta's the killer, by the way, even though the Wikipedia he did the thing. Yeah. Uh, he even says something about how he, he killed all the passengers. Yeah, he yeah. says but, everyone's dead. He said, yeah, everyone's yeah, dead. Yeah, he at says one everybody's point. dead. And yet, you already know that's not the truth because if that were the truth, you would have seen it by that point. Like, oh, we don't really know if it's the truth or not because he does lock them in I and mean, like that's yeah. the thing. That's have, there's a lot of chunks missing of Ray Liotta doing whatever the fuck he wants while she's trying to pilot the plane. Yeah, and you so don't see maybe. them until the end either. So yeah, so we, I felt like they were pulling a bait and switch. Like I, I knew like yeah, when, I figured, when they but didn't. I also. Because they would have shown the bodies if he had actually done that, I feel like. You know, like, yeah. at that point, like, it, it, there were, there had to... Otherwise, there wouldn't have been a reason for them to not have shown the bodies. Like, well, were they just going to wait till the end of the movie and then have the the doors open and have all the bodies be... Like, that would have been a badass ending. That would have ramped up my rating if they had, the film had ended that way. I would have been like, that's pretty fucking badass. But no, <laughs> right. they don't. Like instead yeah. they like totally pull an obvious bait, bait and switch. Like there's yeah. no reason they couldn't have just at either like there there were so many things they could have done with it, and instead they just decided to be lazy and just you know do what they did. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised either way yeah. if they killed them off camera or not, just because of how insignificant it was for them to even be in the movie so yeah like oh we didn't check this we didn't have our script supervisor go over this before we started filming yeah (laughs) Yeah, i mean at that point might as well just not had passengers just have the uh, flight attendants because that's basically all it was Mm could have cut some length and even like half of the flight attendants were useless too (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, because one of two of them got shoved in the closet yeah two of the four yeah yes yeah yeah that's yeah i think i numbered out yeah (laughs) yeah Catherine hicks um i i i like once once her character got bumped off that's kind of when i was like all right this movie's not i don't (laughs) like this movie because like I didn't like, like, she was literally the only character in the movie that I could tolerate, other than the skateboard kid. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, like, because there's so much stupidity that happens in this movie from every angle. Yeah, yeah from like, everybody. Literally everybody does the wrong thing at the <laughs> wrong moments. Yeah. And except for her, she was just, she just kind of... So, like I wasn't even rooting for her because she was only she only popped up a couple of times. But I was like right. after after she gets killed, I was like, 
and then after the main lady starts fucking up a bunch i was like wait this other lady died for no real reason she was really the only <laughs> smart one and uh, not only that but Catherine hicks was the only other character in the movie who showed any personality besides ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. everybody else was just generic fucking like the mo- the main hero was the most generic character out of everybody she was yeah. just basic flight so attendant who just does what she's told and has n- literally no emotions whatsoever except she's like for a scared <laughs> yeah except for scared and yet she doesn't even act that scared and yet her character is supposed to have anxiety like they they the film actually takes the time to establish that she is an anxious like claustrophobic type of person and then it doesn't do anything with it like she just manages to just get by and get along with everything that's happening and then successfully well okay all right yeah okay so you got the two killers on the plane go on <laughs> all right um during the flight Stubbs breaks free while using the bathroom and begins a shootout with the marshals uh, a stray bullet fired from one of the marshals sidearms punches a hole in the fuselage Instantly triggering an explosive decompression before the hole is sealed with a briefcase. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) That was literally like the dumbest shit. It's like the briefcase goes here and goes and it just stays there the rest of the movie. It's like, are you serious? Like a leather briefcase is literally just going to get stuck on a wall and that's somehow going to prevent a plane from decompressing from the inside. Are you serious? That's so yeah. stupid. Like, yeah. That doesn't even make any sense. Like, <laughs> logically... And I don't even get hung up by lo- logic in movies right. like this. I don't oh, even know how that case. stuff works. I just know that that shit can happen. But I was like, yeah. that doesn't. That's not going to hold. Yeah. <laughs> that just... Oh, that made me so angry. Like, and they never revisit a... it. They never go back into that bathroom. I think they opened it up at one point. Cause... Oh, did they? When they were searching for that other lady, because oh, okay. he t- he tells her she's in the bathroom. Oh, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I don't. But but that, they never that, address yeah. it. No. Yeah, like they just ignore the briefcase on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like at least have the door be closed or something. Uh, yeah, I, hate I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I that I that, dumb, stupid. Next. <laughs> Uh, amidst the chaos, the captain is fatally shot, and the first officer dies when his head slams into the yoke, dis- disengaging the autopilot in the process. Bullshit! Yes. It was Bullshit. so stupid. I was so pissed <laughs> off at watching this whole sequence of events. Even I don't really like what, like, what? like how did that? He, like, that was one hundred percent his fault too. He literally like stood up and then like ran like he like headbutted a wall and died. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. He no, he headbutted like the auto and then ch- his his seatbelt choked him out. <laughs> he yeah. like got his head caught in his seatbelt. And... That was so stupid. Uh, I couldn't was... even believe it. Like the shootout was happening, they knew it was happening, and the main pilot got out. It was like, you know, even pre 9 11, I don't think a pilot, like, I think he wouldn't have gone out, yeah, and immediately no. get shot. Like, there's like Dunzo, <laughs> yeah. But you expect me to believe that while 
the pilot of an airplane is getting shot. The co-pilot is somehow getting killed in a freak self-inflicted accident. Like that's that's so dumb. That's unbelievably <laughs> dumb. Like I think it's like the people who made this who wrote this movie, like they were trying to just find reasons for things to happen. You know? <laughs> yeah, they the, were like uh, scraping the the bottom of the the barrel of their imagination like how do we get rid of the co-pilot we need to like they spent 12 days and this is the best they came up with like and you know what makes me even more angry is they did the exact same thing with airplane versus volcano like so this is a reoccurring like this is a reoccurring trope is having the the lowly co-pilot randomly get killed for no reason in a airplane disaster movie and just goes to show how safe how many precautions there are to, you know, having flight is like, well, it's a hard thing that Hollywood can't even get rid of. It's okay. We have to get rid of Copilot in some stupid fashion because otherwise this movie wouldn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. I I just, just get the, get both the pilot and the co-pilot killed at the same time in some way. It's just, that's that's the the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Even the same, same gunshot. That would work way better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because honestly, I'm sick of seeing that. And I know I've seen it more than just these two movies where something happens to the pilot and then the co pilot is like, oh, oh, what was that? Or or something stupid happens and then they find a reason to leave their position and then die somehow. Like, I know I've seen that in something else before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, go on. Uh, Weaver frees himself and attempts to save the last remaining marshal, but fails mm. when both Stubbs shoots the marshal dead after being shot himself. Yeah. Crazy shootout on an airplane between two idiots. Uh, it's like, and then Ray Liotta is like, oh, oh, I'll save everybody. And I'm like sitting here thinking, you fucking dumbasses. You, just, <laughs> you all deserve to die yeah. right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Weaver appears to be horrified by the ideal, increasing the passengers' trust in him. With the pilot's dead, Terry Halloran, a flight attendant, makes her way into the cockpit and learns she's the only one left capable of keeping the 747 from crashing. Whoops. <laughs> to make matters worse, the plane is headed heading into a storm which threatens severe turbulence. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. For a movie called Turbulence, there's actually not very much turbulence in it. Like, right. like, so she's heading toward a level six storm, which of course, you know, she's got to have the, the hilarious line of saying, oh, level six on a scale of one to ten? And the guy says, no, on a scale of six. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'll give him credit for one turbulence scene of it, the fucking plane flipping completely upside down. <laughs> yeah, they went there with this one. They fucking yeah. went. I was, I was like, no, you're. This That's, would not happen. This would not happen. Yeah, nope. That's when I want to see those other passengers in that tiny room. <laughs> right? yeah. That's a, going, that, was my, that was my immediate thought at the end when they were freed out. I was like, well, how many yeah. of them survived that flip? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Although I will say that the actual part with um, Leota and the 
flight attendant when the actual like the interior is flipping that was kind of cool like that was a neat yeah it was yeah. well sh- it was well yeah. shot that was a neat little bit of movie magic that you know you don't see very often like when i just like that that and they showed it a few times that one shot where like the room is like turning and it kind of reminds me of like whatever that one music video is with the guy dancing around and like the the thing is turning like I don't know. Anyway, that was Inception. Inception, yeah, that was awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of reminds me of Inception and Sabotage. What was that movie? Sabotage, like, and also that one moment in the Lost World, Jurassic Park, when they're in the RV and the dinosaurs are turning the, the RV over. And, you know, like, oh, yeah. I, I, I always enjoy little action scenes like that where the room is literally getting shifted around. Yeah. I also like walking through those haunted house rides. You know, because. I went to a few of those in Kansas City, Missouri, and some of my favorite moments in those were the those weird ones where you go into the room and the, and the room seems to be shifting around. Like something about that's really cool to me. So, so you know, some points for that little little scene there. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it still would have been cooler to see the passengers in the crew closet yeah. though. <laughs> that would have been the real. <laughs> that would have been the real action scene. So. <laughs> Uh, uh, Weaver's behavior becomes increasingly erratic since he is paranoid of being sentenced to death upon landing and occasionally suffers nervous breakdowns. <clears throat> he then locks the passengers in the cruise cabin, then attacks and strangles Maggie, Catherine Hicks, one of the yeah. flight, other flight attendants, to death. Yeah. I love Catherine Hicks as an actor, by the way, from Child Play and what was that show seventh heaven i mean the, that show wasn't any good but she was great on it mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yeah forgot she was in child's play <laughs> yeah although they totally were like uncharitable to her character in the sequel they just institutionalize her despite the fact that both she an fbi agent or no a cop and a, a kid watched the doll come alive and try to kill them somehow she's the one that gets institutionalized that's stupid. <laughs> Whatever. I only saw the first one, I think. I don't even know. Third one's kind of cool. It's got a neat scene on a conveyor belt. Third one's kind of dorky. It takes place at a military academy. Fifth one's kind of fun because it's got Jennifer Tilly in it. Sixth one's all right. Seventh one's decent. Eighth one's kind of stupid. Remakes, kind of interesting. That, those are my thoughts on the child's play movie. Yeah. You can watch show. them all if you want. <laughs> have you watched um, the show yet? No, oh, I haven't watched the show yet, but I haven't. Somebody recommended, somebody told me they they that I would like it, and then they gave it to me. It's like, oh, all right. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, I keep seeing uh, Devin Sawa on Instagram promoting it because he's in yeah. it. It's yeah, not actually, so. I know Aubrey Plaza was in the remake. Then is that yeah, not in yeah. the show. Yeah, she was in the remake. She was actually pretty good. She played basically the Catherine Hicks. Well, actually, not the thing about the remake of Child's Play is that it's not really anything like the original. Like it sort of has the same characters, but not really. Like it goes in a different direction plot wise. Like it's it's less about the Chucky doll and more about like other 
like you have to kind of see it to get what i mean but it's more about the corporation being evil rather yeah than, wasn't it like more ai related and shit or something yeah it wasn't about a serial killer spirit like the other child's play movies were you know i i actually enjoyed the child's play movies a lot even though i can admit they're they're fucking stupid as hell the idea of a little doll being a threat and like having these people have to wrestle a doll like that's just the dumbest thing and i i laugh when i see Mm -hmm. that i don't find those movies scary at all i find them them really really stupid but i still enjoy them you know just because they're they're fun and silly and and you know you don't have to think about them much so yeah brad dorf is immortal you know so <laughs> anyway, we're kind of jumping off track, yeah. but and that's our <laughs> review of the Child's Play series. Yeah, or at least mine. You know, I'm always willing to rewatch them, though, if you guys ever feel like it. So, yeah, yeah, it's just something to keep in mind. Catherine Hicks, though, is excellent as always in this movie, even though she's only in the movie for about five, six minutes in total. She, you know, she's pretty lively. So she says Stephen King is her favorite writer. So yeah. Yeah. Ray Liotta asks her, mm-hmm. what's your favorite writer? And she says Stephen King. It's like, ooh, yeah, a little horror. All right. Uh, Ryan reveals that he did in fact commit the murders that he's accused of, although he continues to insist that the evidence against him was planted by Hines. He then calls the FBI control center at LAX and threatens to crash the 747 into the facility since he is now willing to do anything to avoid to avoid being arrested. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and this is around the time that they decide, hmm, maybe it'd be a good idea to shoot down the plane. Yeah. As if Ray Liotta is that much of a threat that the government or whoever decides, hmm, Maybe it'd be a better idea to just destroy the plane and kill a bunch of innocent people. Like, yeah. I mean, I think they said by the numbers it was because you if if it crash landed into LAX, there'd be maybe potential of hundreds of people dying versus just the already there's technically just her and him left. I don't know. So like maybe six and the guys in the cargo. So like six lives versus a couple hundred if he successfully crash lands it into something yeah but that's you know that's ends justify the means kind of thinking you know which in and of itself is Fucked not really i mean good. they mentioned it too when they were yeah. saying when they brought it up it was like how would it look of, of uh, the u.s government shooting down a commercial aircraft it was like, Whoa. yeah well that's the thing because they could Gotta try to it. justify it by saying oh well plane could have could have crashed into lax but then people will hang, get all hung up on the could have thing and it's like that doesn't really i don't know i just it just seems kind of fucked up to blow up a plane that where like somebody's trying to actually fight for their life against the serial killer (laughs) i don't know that seems messed up yeah (laughs) although you know now that you mentioned the lax lax thing like i guess it makes sense but but then again though it really doesn't because according to the logic in this movie a plane can actually withstand a lot of things without blowing up. A plane, like, now I see, like, <laughs> what are pilots? <laughs> Apparently, planes can just do everything. 
in this yeah. movie yeah i mean <laughs> you just push some buttons they... like can you get some high school kids in there just to <laughs> like, i mean they're... not only can a rookie flight attendant somehow manage to s- sustain a plane through a level six storm but a plane can also collide with an, an entire floor full of people a parking garage uh like a number of different things along the way and still somehow successfully land spoiler alert uh, successfully land um land itself blowing up <laughs> yeah land itself without blowing up on autopilot um through a level six storm like uh, i just you know i mean i'm just so confused like i won like any pilots out there i don't know yeah. Do do they land themselves these days? It doesn't That's seem I'm like I mean, maybe in 1997 they were trying something new. Maybe yeah. that's why people didn't want to go on airplanes. That's they why were, they were too busy auto landing themselves through LA or whatever. That, that's why I mentioned like this feels like it could have been like a Boeing ad as well for like yeah. showing all because because it did you know it does do all that mumbo jumbo and. Yeah. extensively go through how to turn off the, the autopilot and showing all of this all of these extensive features of how safe and how anybody could pilot an airplane yeah first you got to press this button and then you got to hold this switch and push this and then hold <laughs> this and then pull this pull pull the toggle switch on the on the on the on the what do you call it the the shift gear toward the center which she's like, no, I can't reach it. And he's like, well, if you don't, we're going to blow you up. <laughs> just, right. And then she just but does anyway. <laughs> she okay. manages to do it, you know. But we haven't even talked about the hijinks that Ray Liotta gets into. Go yeah. on. Yeah. Um, his motives have become clear to Terry after she speaks via the aircraft radio with Heinz. Terry must be instructed by, by radio from Captain Bowen how to reprogram mm. the autopilot to land at LAX. But her task is complicated by Weaver's obscene and consistent interruptions. Wait, did you say his name was Captain Boeing? Captain Bowen. Uh, um, yeah, pretty close, though. Yeah. <laughs> very, very close. You yeah. know, pushing it. You know, not quite as far as Nestle in our previous discussion. <laughs> but you know. So that just confirms it. I think it was partially funded by boeing yeah there's there's just so much it was i'm not even joking how much like cut stuff they could have done but it was showing off this plane it feels like yeah i'd be willing to bet that they spent half this movie was how much 50 million 55 yeah 55 i bet they spent at least half of that on frequent flyer miles yeah probably yeah (laughs) Uh, after the plane barely survives turbulence during the storm weaver breaks into the avionics bay and smashes the server running the primary (laughs) autopilot software rendering the first landing attempt unsuccessful and forcing a last second go around yeah Yeah, see this is even more examples of why it's a product placement like okay so even if somebody fucks with the autopilot there's still a backup autopilot that'll work yeah. <laughs> it's like, still fix it. what the fuck how do you take an airplane down then <laughs> besides shooting it like we almost do <laughs> i guess so yeah and how, and how actually, did he even know where that stuff was 
yeah, I, I guess maybe he had studied ex- extensively. He or... was smart. That's what they clearly tried to make him out to be. He was like, he was the he... guy who grabbed the phone. Is like, all right, let me tell you how to do this shit. You know? Yeah. And he was. He always was like. I think that was what they're trying to highlight too, because they did have to plant the evidence because it was confirmed yeah. that the evidence to capture him was planted. And he said, you never would have gotten me. I'm smarter than all of you. So, yes. you know, he's one of those genius serial killers. So maybe he knew. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like psycho, mad genius. And uh, the guy, he's like at a restaurant or so. I don't remember where he was. Somebody's like, you got a phone call. He's like, not now. He's like, no, no. It, it, he says he's got it. It's Weaver or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. It, yeah. And yeah, you know, that guy usual useless to the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, it added zero. It added literally nothing to the movie, other than Ray Liotta saying, "I killed everybody." He's trying to be the John Cusack of Conair, trying to be that yeah. character, probably. Yeah, he tried, but just, yeah, <laughs> not a whole lot of dorky shittiness, you know, and it didn't work. But Ray Liotta was pretty good in it, you know. Actually, I thought Ray Liotta was pretty creepy in this movie. Yeah, I liked his it's, performance a lot yeah. in this movie. <clears throat> yeah, if there's one thing that isn't wrong with this movie, and there's a lot wrong with it, but if there's one thing that isn't wrong with it, it's Ray Liotta, yeah, who does a pretty adequate job as a psychopath. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. I was just saying, yeah, 100%. I agree. Yeah, he, he did yeah. great in this. Yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad i saw this movie just for his performance but yeah and uh i don't know if the plot summary said this but at some point he starts a fire on the plane like he's like smoking a cigarette and then he just lights a garbage bowl of rubbish or something on fire something yep. it does yeah. happen yeah doesn't say she, mention it okay well she deals with it oh even before that she leaves though to to so that was, I was like, oh, I wrote, like, again, they you're being stupid as see. fuck. They yeah. tell her to stay. And I was like, oh, this, I, I said, oh, dumb bitch leaves cockpit. <laughs> I was like, why yeah. would you, yeah. like, you know that. So you, like, you gotta help. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. At this point, it's confirmed that he's a psycho, but she leaves the cockpit just, like, for no reason. <laughs> And then, yeah. like, Ray he has to find out if Catherine Hex is still alive. Yeah, and it's just this weird scene of her walking through the whole thing. Again, yeah, I think dead bodies. Yeah, there's dead body. He, he like places the dead bodies up in like the seats and shit. Yeah, and then I found it like she scares him or something or something starts happening and she's running through all the classes and <laughs> slamming the curtains. Yeah. I just was laughing so hard because I was like, okay, it's like she was pretending there were like hard ass locked doors that would stop yeah. him from coming through. But no, they're literally just curtains. She was like yeah, slamming all of them. She did it like five to, times. <laughs> and you know, Nick, I hate to admit this, but I think the movie wanted us to believe that those curtains were hard ass <laughs> slam metal steel doors too. Because I think the so. noise that they made when she slammed the curtains shut, like they were just it felt like they were it was like she has to set up obstacles for Rayleigh mm-hmm. to somehow conquer. Yes. When in reality, That's... all they are is just curtains. <laughs> it was so strange that they kept I that hated in. Because like, it. it looked so goofy. They were just like Shh. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, what the I thought it sucked fuck is that ass. Do? It was so I, I, bad. I, like everything about this movie really pissed me off, honestly. Like, and that was just one of many things, you know. Oh, and then there was but, that whole yeah, there was that, and then the yeah. actual safety feature of so like the the cockpit is like it's one of those planes that have two levels, and the cockpit's on the second one. There's yeah. a goddamn like metal sliding locked door they could have had done the whole fucking time but they they just yeah they just barely used it at the end of the movie wait why weren't you using this thing the whole time you knew it was there yeah what the fuck (laughs) multiple characters multiple characters like what the fuck (laughs) i mean what went wrong in the screenplay department like i'm just trying to like I don't know. Oh, okay. Anyway, so what happens next? Like, because it hasn't even talked about what happens with her, her and the gun and all that. Uh, all right. So the plane skims a rooftop Japanese restaurant in a multi-story parking garage, but regains the air. The plane's landing gear picks up a Ford Ranger pickup, which hinders the next landing at LAX. The backup auto- autopilot is now engaged, and Terry mm-hmm. makes efforts to turn the plane around. Yeah. The LAX airport chief sends an F-14 Tomcat to intercept the 747. <clears throat> At least they didn't try to pull out airplane versus volcano and drop someone down. Yeah, that would have made this movie so <laughs> Almost much expected worse. it. Almost yeah. expected it, honestly. Yeah. And it was kind of cool to see a Tomcat airplane flying in next to, you know, jetliner or whatever yeah. that was. A commercial liner. Boy. Yeah. Uh, Terry begs, begs LAX not to have her shot down, insisting she can land, land the plane. Weaver breaks into the cockpit with an axe and tries to she, kill her. She even makes a personal plea to the pilot, like of whoever that was just flying next to me, please let me try. Don't kill me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> please. I can do this. I can do this, people. I can push this button. The autopilot <laughs> button. Yeah. She did, and she did too. So I guess that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Weaver breaks into the cockpit with an axe and tries to kill her, but the F-14 destroys the truck instead, shaking the 747 and giving Terry a chance to attack. Yeah. Terry retrieves a 38 revolver that one of the marshals was forced to unload and turn over. And turn over to the captain upon upon boarding, and yep. in the midst of Weaver's assault, manages to load a bullet that fell out of the marshal's pocket. She finally shoots Weaver through the head and kills him, <clears throat> which uh, was the most unsatisfying headshot I've ever seen in a fucking movie. How tiny was that bullet hole? It was like yeah. a pock mark. Yeah, <laughs> and it was after like she loaded the gun wrong too. <laughs> yeah. Because she, she was, was like, it was a revolver. She put it in like the wrong chamber, and she had to go through a few blanks to actually get it off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, you know, but oh well. At least she killed him. And that was yeah. the Chekhov's gun too, because that yeah. gun was right in the beginning of the movie. It was like yeah, okay, literal Chekhov's gun, and the bullets were okay. in a different location, so she had to yeah. fight for her life to retrieve the bullet. Just yeah, they they, they were in a, they were in the pocket, and when it yeah. did the whole flip. They fell out of the pocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's why the flip was important, you know. Almost, but sure. it almost screwed her though, because she actually did look when she was looking for the bullet. She looked in the pocket, wasn't there? Yeah. She had to search the ground for him. 
Yeah, yeah. But you know, the movie has to make sure that everything that happens is important, I guess. Like, but it doesn't matter. She kills the guy. Then she radios them. She's like, I killed the guy. And they're like, oh, okay. And they back off. Nice. They decide not to shoot her anymore. <laughs> yep. So stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Then what happens? She Here. lands the plane and everybody yeah. survives. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not much else. And it turns out everybody was, that was locked in the crew cabinet they're fine. Survived. <laughs> it was a possible. Holy shit, I can't believe it. Right. And there was this. I mean, during the credits, it looked like there was a possible love spark between the yeah. the, pi- the pilot that was guiding her. Yeah. They're, they're, they're giving some winks and nods. <laughs> yeah, looked like they had developed a little bit of chemistry. You know, maybe they're they, maybe they have the chance of becoming an item in Turbulence mm-hmm. Two. You know. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, some magic moments may have happened in the closet. We didn't get to see them. Maybe they had a full-blown orgy. You know, <laughs> serial killer on the plane. Right. Got to crash into LAX. Bucket. Fighter jet on the side. Let's fuck. <laughs> flipping around. <laughs> yeah, flipping around back and forth. I mean, <laughs> multiple orgasms were had that day. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. This movie blew. I, I hated it, honestly. I really, bad. it pissed me off so much. And I didn't expect it to. I actually was really excited for this one because, like, a serial killer on an airplane. I mean, I just, I'm ready. But somehow, despite Ray, Ray Liotta, despite the 50 million or $55 million budget, I just felt very dissatisfied with it, you know? But that's just me. I didn't like the characters really. That's what kind of drew it, down, drug it, drag it, dragged it down for me. Like, but I don't know. Maybe like, maybe if my expectations hadn't been so high, I think I was just like, oh, I'm ready for mm. an airplane threat. But really, yeah, I was like, oh no, another airplane threat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you were dreading this one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, what was what were your reactions? What I'd like to hear what you you'd both have to say because you know I, I yeah I don't want to be the 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 hater of the group the one hater but maybe you guys loved it. Um. Uh, no. So I I hated it too. It was <laughs> like probably thirty minutes at least too long yeah. because yeah. of the reasons I've been mentioning throughout of because even like starting with them going through and checking the seats making sure yeah. everything's all fine and dandy they didn't that lasted for a good couple minutes yeah like it's 100 percent felt like now that I'm just thinking back like oh this is probably a commercial trying to show you how safe air flight is yeah with a serial killer on board <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there was just so much fluff that could have been cut <clears throat> and then all the characters were doing stupid shit yeah um every single one <laughs> all of them like yeah there wasn't a smart character in this movie like oh and then the, the one thing that annoyed me to shit was like uh whatever the main ladies she tries to you know seduce leota into yeah i don't know not doing what he's doing <laughs> not being a serial killer yeah she just kind of fakes him out with a fire extinguisher and beats him <laughs> and it was like yeah 
okay like that. The, like that that was all i liked it in a way but it also it may, cut like leota's character down like yeah is he if he's this genius he should have been able to see through what she was doing and just said no yeah <laughs> his, his, his ultimate goal was to just die with the plane pretty much so yeah. like, even if he did have you know sexual aggressive you know psycho shit like he probably would have got forgone her just to make sure his ultimate goal would happen yeah which was to crash the plane pretty yeah. much which is why she needed to kill him you know she had he had plenty of opportunities to do so since she mm-hmm. left the cockpit so much yeah it's true yeah, yeah she took f- a break from that cockpit a lot throughout mm-hmm. this movie like, yeah. i'm surprised yeah. the after the i was i was just like what the fuck is going on yeah i'm surprised he didn't kill more people actually yeah. the kill scenes in this movie were okay i didn't they were effective at least like the first like, yeah that first gun shootout with him stabbing people with the soap dispenser and then yeah and that whole the, shootout was decent the scene in the bathroom both the scenes in the bathroom with both the robber killing the cop and the scene where he strangles Catherine hicks both those scenes were pretty gnarly i mean like they felt like they belonged in like a really good horror movie but instead they were in turbulence mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. well in that floor door too his leg got caught in it that was funny oh that was good i like that that was that was smart that was a good decision when she locked when she locked the door on his leg and he was like no and he had to like wrestle his way out and do all that shit that was yeah. cool i was should have done it earlier like, oh. but mm-hmm. oh yeah much earlier but oh well she missed a couple opportunities to have already done that but oh well what were your thoughts on it zach I went into it knowing it was going to be shitty. It's just oh, based okay. on having seen the third one. Oh, so, okay. So I, I kind of enjoyed it for what it was. That's I gave, good. I gave it a two and a half. Oh, but, excellent. I mean, it's still shit, but yeah. somewhat enjoyed it for being shit. It, it was shit, but I'm kind of curious to see the sequels, actually. Yeah, I haven't seen the second one. But I'll just say that the third one is a heavy metal concert on a plane. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Holy crap. And I Ruck- gotta see Rucker Howard's in it. What? Yeah. Oh, man. How have I not seen this already? Oh. <laughs> All right, Turbulence Three. What's it? What's the? What's it? What's the full title? Turbulence Three. Turbulence um, Three. Heavy metal. There you go. Okay. Heavy metal. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Got to put it on the list. Yep. What about? You? Oh, what was that? Was that the second one? Is Turbulence Two? Fear of flying. Okay. All right. I haven't Maybe seen that the... one, so I don't know. Nope. And Turbulence. I'm assuming they just go off the names and they have nothing to do with each other. It's like guess. it. <laughs> yeah. Two might be the best of the three. Who knows? It's got Tom Berenger, so mm, okay, yeah. Tom Berenger. <laughs> That's the only recognizable name I see on here. Yeah. He's <laughs> like the guy from Matt playing the Fields of the Lord. You know, it could be good, but who knows? What about you, Nick? What would you rate it on a scale of one to five? Oh, right. I didn't rate it. Uh, I'd say probably uh a one and a half. <laughs> Okay. Just just solely for Leota's performance because he yeah. was awesome. He was really okay. good in it. 
in that shootout, but everything else just kind of pissed me off. How long some of these dumb shots were, <laughs> how long the movie was. Yeah. And how every character was, was so stupid. Pity. Everyone yeah. was just a dumbass. Yeah. Pretty much. I actually cared more about the, the passengers and the crew than I did right. for the stupid flies <laughs> had been flying the plane. Yeah. I wanted I wanted Leota to win ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, I won. That's what I get. One <laughs> thumbs down. Hated it. I don't know. This wasn't my thing. I was ready to love it, but instead, it just flushed my dreams down the toilet. <laughs> um, you know, maybe maybe this would be fun to watch with some buddies over some pizza and beer on two X speed. Yeah, you know, or just have a barbecue it's like hey want to watch a shitty airplane movie where ray leota plays a serial killer turbulence it's like oh i think i rented that one back in the day eh, why not <laughs> that's when i'd rewatch it but i don't know i think i i think my expectations were too high i needed to set a more airplane versus volcano level yeah <laughs> That's mine, I, I mean, mine were pretty low going in, and it, yeah. it did worse still. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah. I, I actually can be a sucker for the right, the right kind of airplane movies. It just, I, it has to be done right. I wonder because I don't, I don't like them. As, I think Snakes on a Plane, just because of how stupid it was, and yeah, just because it started off of like an internet meme, I think maybe or something like that. But I. Just the idea of airplane movies confuse me on a logical level. I think that I just yeah. don't can't get into them. Yeah, this movie actually probably pissed me off as much as Snakes on a Plane did. <laughs> like, that's right, another airplane a, movie. I did. What? <laughs> gotta have a airplane episode now. Just plane yeah, movies. Yeah. <laughs> just plane. I don't. Movies. Yeah. We'll, Are we'll there any even good, good ones? One. <laughs> no, that's why we gotta do an episode. <laughs> the airport movies aren't bad. Well, the first, the, well, okay, I shouldn't say they're not bad. The first one's not bad, but the comedy ones, like what's that? No, that's one airplane. Airplanes. Okay. Yeah, that's airplane one. The one and airplane two, the sequel. But that's like a spoof, like where they're making fun of airport. Which, if you've seen the airplane movies, then the airport movies are probably too like they they won't be taken seriously. I haven't. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't seen either. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ray Liotta was good, but it wasn't enough to save the movie. But it was still really fun to watch these Ray Liotta movies, and it was really fun to to talk about them. So. Yeah. So that concludes our Ray Liotta special and rest in peace yes yeah. i wanted to just say one more time rest in peace Ray Liotta. you're a good actor mm -hmm. one of the best mm -hmm. especially like in all of these movies he did a phenomenal acting job for sure yeah yeah actually i'd have to say i really liked him in all of these movies like quite a lot like, yeah he was the best part of all of them probably i'd say yeah i yeah. think so um Okay, so now <laughs> let's uh, let's quickly let's quickly discuss our our next theme, which is well, it's not really a theme. We're just talking about movies from the 2010s, and 
I'm, you know, you guys have probably made your choices. Should I make, should I say my choice first for the film that I choose? Yeah, go for it. All right. I am choosing the 2010 film titled Legion. I, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but I read the, the plot. Like, yeah, I, I read the, the story synopsis and I'm just like, that sounds so insanely stupid and crazy and ridiculous that I just need to watch it. So I'm choosing Legion. Okay. <clears throat> well, you have one yet? Um, I have two that I was going to maybe... Well, you go first, yeah, and then I'll choose one yeah. of the two. Because yeah, I had two as well. But oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna go with one that was on the worst 100. It's pretty far up there. Um, oh, is it? Maybe it may have been one. That I... Is it Birdemic? Oh okay. uh, no, not that one. Birdemic, <laughs> shock and terror. Okay, that's, that's cool. a classic one I've heard. All right, cool. Birdemic, I'm ready. Shock and Terror. That's an easy title. Birdemic. Well, all right. Worst 100. Cool. Shit. So you... Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, just some random one I saw. I don't know if it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to be good either. But, but it's interesting and it has really low ratings. But the other one looks... Oh, fuck. Okay. I'll go. It's called Game Therapy. Game Therapy. Okay. 2015. Yep. All right. I'm ready for it. Game Therapy. I don't. It, is it? Well, okay. All right. I won't. I, I won't look it up. But the other the other movie you that I was thinking of was the Bucky Larson Born to Be a Star. Okay. That, I've heard of that. that. It's like I think yeah, I've heard of that. Nick yeah. Swartzen, stupid looking, dumb, awful looking movie, but all right. But we're this gonna go one's with game more therapy. interesting. Yeah, game therapy yeah. looks more unique, at least. Okay. All right. My other one was Dead Sushi. <laughs> Dead Sushi. Yeah. Yeah, these titles. I just. I mean, I don't even know what game therapy. I don't even know where to begin with that title, but Dead Sushi. Yep. Oh goodness. All right. Well, now I'm curious. But all right, Birdemic, Game Therapy. Wait, what did I choose? Oh, Legion. So Legion, Game Therapy, and Birdemic, Shock and Terror are going to be the three films that we talk about from the 2010s. And I'm looking forward to talking about all three of them. And I'm looking forward to watching all three of them. Yeah. Yeah, I've been looking for. I wanted to see Birdemic for a while. Yeah, me too, actually. It's one of those classic bad ones I've heard. I see it on so many lists. I've I've really tried to avoid looking up any kind of footage or anything. I've managed to avoid knowing anything about it. I I really am excited. So, yeah. I've only seen like a snippet, but... I've heard the How Did This Get Made podcast. They did it. It was one of like their first episodes, though, and I don't remember a thing about it except, yeah. All right. Well, I'm ready for it. So. all right well thank you very much gentlemen for talking about movies and uh yeah thank you for everyone who's listening and who's enjoying what we have to say and uh lots of love to you all 
happy happy summertime bye have a good one see ya see ya on the flip flop (laughs) 